Parents strongly cautioned, the following programs are intended for mature audiences over the age of 18. These programs may contain some materials that many parents would not find suitable for children. The programs may contain intense violence, sexual situations, coarse language and suggestive dialogue. Put the kids to bed and get ready to get down on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... Editorial writer and old man, Laser Kid. And returning to the podcast... Celia Rose. Hello, everyone. And another returning guest. Hey, everybody. It's Carl Olson, a.k.a. Ultra Clastron. I have gathered this panel together for us all to pay tribute to our not-so-long-forgotten friend, Adult Swim Action, that, as you might recall, went off the air the moment Toonami went back on the air. So we are... <laughs> Both celebrating the 10-year anniversary of Toonami returning and the 10-year anniversary of Adult Swim Action ending. After a 10-ish year run, depending on if you count when it was just Cowboy Bebop airing at the end of Adult Swim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to count that because, like, they really, like... When Adult Swim Action launched, it did have like its own packaging, its own branding. Everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna make an action. They're gonna have a separate night for yes. just for action. It's gonna be, they're it's probably gonna be actually uncut." And then it turns out like it's <laughs> oh, I'm spoiling so things already. So uh, much for that. Oh boy. <laughs> Though I mean, heavily marketed as intended for adult viewers yeah it left a little something to be desired in the content department content they, it has content they had to rush that out so so it was so obvious that like oh adult swim is way more of a hit than they expected oh editing anime especially this is you know this is 2002 this is before any person with a macbook could go through and do digital ink and paint edits like they had allegedly rumored to to be a hundred thousand dollar inferno editing system to do very expensive edits to shows to get them onto toonami so the idea of, of just like hey maybe we can just get this down to like tvpg and not have to like redraw guns as laser guns and crap like that was very appealing but they yeah they clearly had had a batch of stuff that they had planned to be toonami fodder um some of it was directly reused from toonami and so they launched with what they had, you know, you know, classics like Pilot Candidate. Oh, God. <laughs> the wild thing about that. I'm going to just out the gate. We're going to start with the worst thing. But <laughs> uh, I feel bad. I shouldn't give Pilot Candidate so much crap because it was just not the if that had aired the way the rest of that pickup had aired, because I, it, the impression I've always gotten is that was picked up at the same time they got Big O and Outlaw Star and uh blue sub six like it was just part of a set of stuff they got off bandai along with gundam stuff and i think if that had stripped every day it wouldn't have felt so slow because now while all of this other content's quite hard to see pilot candidates uh, like i think it's either on retro crush or con tv anime just constantly strips and you run six episodes of that back to back it hangs together a lot better than is one at like three in the morning. You're like, no, I'm tired and this is slow. <laughs> Would not surprise me if it's on Crush because uh, I'm the idiot that bought the uh, discotheque release of it because I didn't remember how bad it was. Oh, dear. 
Yeah, no, it's like it's one thing to go back and watch it for free. Like if you're flipping through channels on over the top streaming um, to fall asleep to. It's a whole other thing to like put money down on that. So it wasn't that bad. Shout out to shout out, shout out to you. Like I'm sure <laughs> it was like I, I I can't imagine that was an expensive license. No, for, it was for, for them. So it was so, like, I'm sure three people set. who bought it, including you, you're they're great. They're oh, I'm black. sure they're I'm sure they're fine and. Honestly, I don't overly regret it just because, hey, it was something that I, I don't know why, but I really liked it when it aired. I couldn't tell you anymore why, but. Uh, I feel like it's something that if you hadn't seen a lot of other stuff, and I feel like there's a lot, like mech animes are particularly bad for this, that if you haven't seen other better ones. I don't have that You can excuse. be wowed, you can be wowed by stuff. Like it'd be, I, it's really easy to be wowed by pilot candidate if you don't know that evangelion exists <laughs> i wish i had that excuse but i got into anime in 1994 oh well then yeah no it's it's beyond me <laughs> well that's weird especially because if you were watching that show you definitely would notice how bad the lift lap is it, it's not even stuff like that like the like the parts that to me that like of the pacing <sighs> couldn't the pacing it, it is just it, it yeah the, the direction is just so rough and it's weird because i think that's i think that's mitsuru hongo like i think that's the outlaw star guys oh so like, honestly like, how? that's probably why i liked it because i loved outlaw star back in the day and i, I can't even blame toonami for that i was buying dvds of that before it hit toonami yeah no, i'm an old man a, he, i don't get it because yeah he was the direct he was a director on that so i'm sure they're like well you know outlaw star is killing it and here's a show that's basically the polar opposite uh, uh, in terms of pacing and yeah. cast and character relations and really everything that IG tried to do with that. Zebek ended up doing better with Stelvia. So in terms of like, oh, we want to have like, you know, CG mechs and like a big, you know, uh, ensemble cast of teenagers in outer space fighting a, a, a unknown thing like it, you know, I know we're here to talk about adult swim action stuff, but it, if you have nostalgia, for pilot candidate, just go watch Stealthy instead. It's also on Retrocrash, I think now. I I didn't everything, see pilot candidate on uh, on uh, Retrocrash, but it looks like you can buy it on Amazon Prime. Not that I recommend you do that. Oh, there you go. Uh, I know pilot candidate. It's it's streaming on Crunchyroll as well. That, oh my god, that it definitely is. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, that was probably with like burnt in subs from the band, from the band oh, like, TV release. Maybe. Oh dear. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe oh. so. Yeah. Well, it okay, was. Let's talk about better shows. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we we got to talk about the the build up to to this was an exciting time. Oh, the promos for it were actually. Oh yeah. Like, they, those were beautifully edited promos. You know, the whole get down, expl you know, explosion. The cuts they they pulled from Gundam were were great, um, and you know like they did run great Gundam shows. They ran War in the Pocket, they ran Stardust Memory. Like those are great things to like lead your block off with. They got another run of Bebop in there, which was important because I think the you know they're running that weekly, like an episode at a time, and I think they had to skip some stuff because of nine um, eleven. <laughs> yep, they absolutely uh, did skip an episode because of that. They did. Uh, and but by the time they got to Adult Swim Action, though, they could actually uh, run the Teddy Bobber episode where, you know, a guy blows up some twin towers. <laughs> uh, and if you were watching for the first time, I think you got the Real Folk Blues Part 1 that first night. Yeah, no, they, re they restarted it from the jump. Or no. No. They, no, they, no, they didn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a weird choice. 
Yeah. yeah it was it an was, interesting transition. It looped plenty of times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, what's funny for me is I, I actually had bought the DVDs before they it aired on Adult Swim, so I'm just sitting here going, hey, it's on TV. Cool. I, thi- I think I ended up buying the DVDs just as, like, I, like that was... Like I'd gotten into to, to anime the year prior because of um, Toonami, and I'd already started buying DVDs by the time Adult Swim had started. Like I think I like for like my birthday in 2000, I was like, I want the Tenchi Muyo OVAs, and yeah, ordered those off of like Anime Corner Store or something like oh, that. Oh, that's a name I have not heard in a long time. Yeah. Oh, I used to buy stuff, so much stuff from them back in the day. I was that was before I ended up like finding out. Oh, there's a local anime store, and then my life was ruined. Um, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a local anime store. That's that's that that's that big city privilege. Be able to be like, hey, you know, the same bus stop that you have to transfer at going to community college just happens to be two blocks up from like the only anime store in town, and also a Suncoast, and I next to a, a Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I did have a Suncoast, but I had to go to the Good Mall that was further away. No, like it by by happenstance, all of this stuff was co-located, and it was yeah, it's just filled with nerds who had gotten into anime Very either nice. via Toonami or old heads who'd been in forever, including um, you know, it was kind of weird watching all of this stuff on Adult Swim and on Toonami, and there's like, oh, there's this Kyle Pope who does an edit list, he's keeping track of everything. This is there's this older guy Kyle, he hangs out at the anime shop, and I'm like, oh, they're the same dude. <laughs> wow. That was small world stuff. <laughs> so, wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. that was the yeah. Dude had the the best sweaters. Like he had the perfect, you know. Like I don't want to say Cosby sweaters anymore because like that's you know that's problematic. <laughs> but great sweaters, nice dude. Um, you know, like a great kind of like early friend to make getting into anime is like yeah. Well, you know, you could write about anime, and then that happened for better or worse. <laughs> for a bit so yeah no it's the the lead up was great though like you remember those promos those promos were just they they got you hype yeah there was such a like there's such a break with the rest of like they were still doing the swim bumpers back then right yeah all kids out of the pool all kids out of the pool and then you know here's like the i don't want to say the polar opposite but it was like a very distinct from that aesthetic, other than the you know the font, and then you know it was not uh, a tsunami redux either. Like they were very much trying to be like that's a separate thing. <laughs> Though it did feel enough like tsunami, probably because the people running tsunami made those promos. Yeah, the same yeah. same staff. It's all William Street. Well, and they ended up leading one into the other eventually, anyway. And honestly, I loved that. It's a yeah, it's an interesting, confusing history that makes people think that shows like, uh, let's see here, uh, Trigun aired on Toonami. If only, <laughs> I, I wish it aired on Toonami because well, they be wanted to. Yeah, he, history says they wanted to. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. It's really it's it, it. There's there's a great example of one of the first really good things they picked up specifically for adult swim action that uh you know that's where it belonged like the idea that you're going to do hundred thousand dollar edits every episode to try and wedge that onto saturday you know weekday afternoons versus saying put it on saturday nights and let it ride pretty much 
That's such a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an obvious thing. thing. It's a layup. That, but, like, what's interesting about, like, that perspective where people think that, like, where they mix up shows that aired on them is that, like, for me, because I was very young when I started watching Adult Swim Action and Toonami, that for me, I remember, like, all the stuff I watched on Toonami was stuff I watched with my parents around because it was family friendly, right? All the stuff in Adult Swim Action, I watched by myself because I would get in trouble if I watched that with my parents around. <laughs> so that makes it really easy for me to remember this aired on Adult Swim, this aired on Tsunami. <laughs> well, and then there's a lot of crossover that's like both. It's like, oh, hey, look, it's it's Full Metal Alchemist. Well, Brotherhood, but... I mean, even leading into it, there's like, hey, we got to fill out the schedule. Um, Let's put on Tenchi. Are you going to, like, take out the... The edits, no, we still couldn't really, they still couldn't air that yeah. on no, no, today. My favorite example of that is Yu Yu Hakusho, which is like, yeah, we're running this on non Swim action. Uh, you know what? We're just going to move that over to Tsunami. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this Famously, isn't working it, here. <laughs> it, it somehow did so well with kids that they decided to move it to, you know, in retrospect, maybe they should have just left it on Adult Swim. But... I really wish they had because I, I really got it. <laughs> I got it. Well, technically, I got into Yu Hakusho thanks to a Central Park Media dub of one of the movies way back in the day. But I got into the show thanks to Adult Swim Action, and then they left me behind and went on to Nami. But Yu Yu Hakusho was an excellent, excellent show to start the yeah. block off with. Oh and heck yes! Yeah. That that's that's what got that got me. I was <laughs> I was such a good little Christian boy. I was like, Mom, Dad. Uh, you know, I'm not quite 18, but there's this block called Adult Swim, and they play some cool Japanese cartoons, and it's, is it okay if I watch it? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> See, I was, Reminds I was... me of how I found myself <laughs> watching Project Aiko. <laughs> it's like, Mom, Dad, this says it has a partial nudity, but it's only partial. They're like... Have you seen yourself in the mirror? Yeah. Then we don't care. Just watch it. Okay. No, no. You see, and I have to believe that this was an oblivious choice because uh, they knew they liked, that I liked Tenchi Muyo. At one point, they got me a VHS of Tenchi Muyo. Oh, I no. think it was sub sub only, oh, only no. uncut. Oh, no. And I was like, they don't know what's on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I was very keenly aware of, of like, okay, you know. On one hand, like the first DVD my mom got when he got a DVD player was Rocky Horror Picture Show. And like literally the whole family watched it. Like it come from a theater nerd family from my mom's side of stuff. And like I remember like watching on HBO, like as a very small child, uh, Galaxy Express with my mom and dad. Ooh, like, you know, very nice. way, way back in the 1980s. So it's like nice. the, the idea of anime in being something outside of the lines was like, all right. But I also had a younger brother. Not that that necess not that those dots connected to with me all the time. I was like, oh yeah, he's eight. Maybe he shouldn't watch Clerks the animated series with me, and then Clerks the actual film. Uh, but whatever, <laughs> hindsight. Yeah, um, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Whatever. Uh, so, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it, it's like yeah, there there is a bit of that separation, but like very quickly by the time you get to Adult Swim action, I'm in the senior year of high school. I am 18, literally. I've already been buying DVDs. Um, like I remember actually like for the school newspaper and this just foreshadows me writing for for Toon Zone later is like for the school newspaper. I started like doing stuff like reviewing the gravitation in Arjuna soundtracks. I reviewed the Cardcaptor Sakura movie <laughs> oh and everyone, everyone at school is just like 
I don't care. I'm like, are you going to write for the school newspaper? And we're like, no. Well, then you like, that's the content. There's five <laughs> of us that want to write for the school newspaper. Uh, it's only like eight pages long. If you want to write, you, like, I will gladly edit your articles for this. I'm like, no, you know, I don't want to actually write more words. We're already in a, an academic focused school. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm ignoring my academics and like just skating by. And I'm writing for the school newspaper. You two could join me in this. It's like, no, I want to get into a good school. It's like, I'm going to community college. So, <laughs> brother from another mother i went to community college too um, no you're gonna read my whole dissertation about the gravitation soundtrack i oh well i mean by the time we get to community college i'm writing articles uh explaining how uh like i like i literally did like a research paper 10 pages on like how like naruto fan subbing distribution was like impacting sales and like i said numbers and citations oh i almost my. did a condensed version of that for i almost was like maybe we could print this on tunes because i started writing for tunes on by that point and we're like well nah but um <laughs> i was also i was right like yeah it's like this is going to kill the stuff and it's gonna be like future is all digital and i was i mean anybody could have made that guess but i'm proud that i also saw it um, thanks to yep. being in, too much into anime. Thanks to Adult Swim Action. I'll loop back. I'll loop us back to this. There you go. <laughs> I, won't, yes. I won't keep doing derails. Um, looking at other stuff they got in. Blue Gender, which was, you know, it that was there. That was an interesting case because it's like they almost edited it for Toonami and they were like, no, 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 no. Wait. <laughs> Dial it <laughs> back. <laughs> it's just such the idea that that was like hey yeah this is our first series i mean that's the first thing funimation really did that was like going to be a, a serious otaku oriented release you know there mm -hmm. isn't just dragon ball and the idea that like hey maybe we can put this on tsunami you know it's working so well for bandai and they're like yeah mm, it is just constantly people being murdered by bugs it's just like 26 episodes of the most brutal parts of starship troopers <laughs> man what i would have give for them to just run fruits basket instead. <laughs> oh my god. That is that is there there's an alternate universe where they actually have the cojones oh. to ever run a shoujo show. Man. They, like, they, they run fruits if... basket and back. <laughs> but like I wonder if it's because like Funimation had their own channel. I watched it. Like that, I would get it sometimes. Not not quite like, by that point. By the time the, okay. the they had those shows already coming out on DVD before they had their own channel. But yeah, then they had well, it was wild because they were one of the early digital subchannels. Like the second we got to like digital television, like Funimation had not just like deep cable, deep digital cable stuff, but like you could literally pull that with an antenna in markets like L.A. Because I remember they like one of the things they did when they were launching it is they literally just had a television with a digital antenna sitting in AX, pulling it in, being like, hey, check this out. We have our own channel. And all of the, weirdly, all of the bumpers seemed like Adult Swim action bumpers. <laughs> yes, it seemed very inspired. Well, I mean, there was a lot of, I mean, the that's a whole nother derail. Everybody who's all like, oh, Toonami and Adult Swim action are like caking off this anime. We need to get in on that. So then, you know, so G4 got... does stuff, yep. TV does stuff. Yep. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, for better, for, you know, it's like as, 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 as mediocre as a lot of the stuff that Spike TV tried to, uh, get to try and compete with Adult Swim. Hey, we got Afro Samurai out of it. We got maybe one of my favorite panel moments uh, ever at Comic-Con, which is, you know, they're plugging Afro Samurai. They've got Rizzo from the Wu-Tang Clan there. And literally the first question is this guy in a suit and tie going up, Mr. Rizza, 
Hey, man, He's I'm happy Tech TV gave me uh, Crest of the Stars, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No, it's just wild to hear. It's just it's just wild because it's like, yeah, it was it, 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 all the competition was something else. Like it was really something else. But I'm trying to think of other stuff that was like notable one way or the other. We got Rain the Conqueror. <laughs> yeah, Rain the Conqueror. You that know, was a thing everybody took the piss out of Rain the Conqueror. But I feel like if I watched it now, I would find some appreciation in it. <laughs> I think I'd appreciate that just how specifically weird it is. Like it is. I'm way more keyed into that now. Yeah. I feel, I feel like Peter Chung was done dirty by it because they really tried to like advertise it. Like it was his baby rather than something. He threw some designs at. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And that's not, you know, that's not cool. I definitely no. say one of the big things I got out of adult swim action was a lifelong love of Lupin the third. Because yeah. oh man, they ran part two, and I immediately fell in love with it. And like that, also I think just helped it finally stick in in the U.S. Like it, you know, it it it, it it's it's a slow burn, but I feel like it, it wouldn't have had. I think it, it was a start. If it hadn't come over, then we I doubt we would be getting these wonderful oh yeah releases and sets now. Like I, I think that's I would critical. Say that um it blew up with part four, but I don't think we would have got part four if we had never got part two. Yeah, no, I don't think we would have gotten with. I don't think we would have gotten part four, part five, part like all of these sequels. Oh, or a ridiculous a double part one for some reason. Yeah, oh. so much of the the revival of Lupin hinged on the appreciation people had for particularly the cast. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, of part two, yeah. and that to me, I mean, even back in the day when Funimation started doing the movies, I'm like, why'd you change the cast? I mean. I, I, I've since learned, oh, well, they didn't. It, it was just, you know, coincidental timing. But at the time, I was just like, but I love the TV show cast. Yeah. No, like, everybody at that, like, it's amazing to the extent to which, like, that they be, they became the English language of them. Like, that was that's it. You can't cast anyone else um, in, any, in any future, you know, they're going to make Lupin forever. It's going to be one of those forever properties. So, you know, 50 years from now, when I, you know, they probably can't get the same VAs. Like you're gonna have to, you're gonna, you're gonna want people who likes. sound like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is the the, uh, the on brand sound for those characters in English. I absolutely agree. I'm realizing I didn't loop on third timing wise. Also leads up with like eventually we got we got uh, we got Big O season two. We did get Big O, and that was two. so quick. Like if you think about like from Adult Swim launching to Adult Swim saying we've got an original anime series they turn that around so fast i mean especially between adult swim action and adult and and big o but i mean even just if you're just like let's start from the start of the block it's like basically within two years <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable oh yeah and it was a big deal at the time a lot of people were really excited to have more big o i, I me among them and oh uh, for sure well, and I mean, then it leads the, on uh, such a cliffhanger, right? It's, yeah. the, it's the worst cliffhanger, and it's been the last 13 episodes doing this perfect noir world, and then they're like, ha we let Chiaki Kanaka write everything this time. And yeah. then it just, like, it goes, has literally all of his hallmark indulgences. <laughs> um, For better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually very thankful when uh, we had the uh, Toonami pre-flight talk about uh, Big O, and we actually got an explanation of what that ending actually means. I'm like, thank you! I no longer feel horrible about not knowing what's going on. 
I mean, it's it's something that if you're familiar with all of the other stuff that Kanaka does, it's like, oh, okay, it's like the same stuff you're doing with Lane and with Digimon and with all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And it also ties into like the Super Sentai stuff he likes. Like, it's like, oh, you're it's Gridman stuff. Okay. And then it's funny that like Gridman years later gets manages to say that, well, one, gets an anime and that anime basically has the same top level plot yeah <laughs> as, as big huh. o and nails it in 13 <laughs> makes it work in 13 no problem well it's got more examples hmm. to play off of i would i would argue so that's why huh nice well it's, it's weird because there's shared writers too between those like yeah the guy who the guy who wrote on uh like wrote winter night phantom which is one of my favorite big o episodes was a lead writer on uh Gridman. so you know there you Weird, small world. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, man. Is there any, like, I'm, I'm talking too much. Who's, like, somebody pick a, like, a wild favorite. Uh, you want a wild favorite? How about Kakaider? Yes, I did want to talk about Kakaider. At the time, I, I was really into Cyborg 009, so Kakaider being basically the same thing. Yep. <laughs> I was oh, yeah. really into that. I, it was I one of the few. For the same reason. It was pretty unusual for me to actually stay up to watch Adult Swim action at the time when it was on weekdays. So Kakaider was something I, I definitely made a point of recording. It was a really interesting show. You know, constantly gripping with the what makes you human. Honestly, one of the things that stuck out the most to me is just how horrendously evil the villain is, more so than most other anime. Like, dude got his girlfriend to go make kids with his mortal enemies so that he could then use them against him. Who does that? It's pretty twisted. It's it's a, it's a reminder, like, how wild the, the Super Sentai, you know, tight plots are. Like, like that whole yeah. genre of stuff is way... It's way weirder especially like in terms of what like now it's it's so weird thinking like oh yeah like all of this stuff that you know was pretty obscure again just sort of cycles on at least free streaming constantly like yeah just watch what do you mean what do you mean you're not familiar with like all of common writer it's looping all the time along with ultraman and everything else and all of this stuff where people are like i just don't i just don't get what this guy's saying in this by this show and you're like it's, it's he's, he's just making he's referencing his favorite childhood show from the 70s that's all it is <laughs> it's not that deep what's what's I with mean, the christian that's also rebuild of evangelion exactly Ooh. oh true true i mean it's original evangelion <laughs> it's like oh what's this what's this five minute rule on the robot and you're like oh it's ultraman we didn't get that okay like so much so much of this ultraman well what's with all this religious imagery well ultraman had it like oh okay I get it. I didn't know Ultraman had religious imagery. There's literally there's a, there's a famous photo of like literally Ultraman being crucified, and I'm like, oh, okay, Anno, I get it. There's another thing that I mean that eventually got an uh, an 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 Adult Swim action run, right? Like Ava. It did. It, it, it did. did until 2005. That was actually how I watched Evangelion for the first time, and I was 14 years old. And I had no idea what was going on, but to, I loved it. <laughs> to be fair, like everyone's like, Man, it's so it's so wild and weird. It's like it replaced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in its time slot in Japan. Yes, it did. So it's like, yep. it's in a strict sense, as strange as it is, the intended audience is everybody. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. And if you, if you look at the, the DVDs, they're like, for 11 and up. Okay, oh, ADV. Oh, oh, okay. That's yeah, an interesting that's, rating um, system. That 11 and up, you say. Oh, but hmm. the movie's 12 and up. Oh, Oh, okay. end of end of Ava is twelve and up, and they sold it in the Cartoon Network store <laughs> because of yeah. Giant Robot Week. I do have to wonder how much of that is based on like how it was rated in Japan, because in Japan, Evangelion is ubiquitous. It's everywhere, and everyone knows what it is. It's it's uh, used to sell now. everything. Like like yeah, like I've, like I've been in a Don Quixote. And not like one in like an otaku neighborhood, just a regular one. Like it's one thing to see that stuff and you're in like Akiba or Den Den. It's a whole other thing when you're just like you're you're just trying to like buy toiletries because you're visiting Japan or something. You know that like oh, Don Quixote's got everything. It's ten of wars of everything. I can get myself a set of razors, etc. And yeah, it's like here's your chic branded Evangelion razor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually the least expensive one in the shop. Oh my god, <laughs> okay. it's wild. It is yeah. wild. It's it, it yeah, is it's everywhere. that level. I'd like to buy a soda. Would you like to buy Ray soda? It's like I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say for for the Western anime audience, Evan, it's pretty big too. It was a one of the first yeah. mega hits, but it's not quite to that level. No. Yeah. No. We. It's like it's there's. I don't think there is any anime that is cool but has yet been like it's just used to sell everything. The and closest like, you know, would be Dragon Demon Ball. Demon Slayer is coming really close, guys. It's like, yeah, in Japan. Demon Slayer oh, in is Japan, yeah. real. Oh no! Japan. Oh, in Japan. Oh, Japan, oh yeah. in Japan. There's a lot in the of shows US, that become maybe Pokemon. Pokemon. I mean, yeah, I remember I Dragon Ball had Burger King toys, so there's that. Yeah. There's all all kinds of consumer products with Pokemon, but yeah. it's true. Still not 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 the Evangelion in Japan level. My, no, no. My you... goodness, they will sell you anything with Evangelion on it. Oh man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just realizing, like, oh, yeah, Case Closed was, was an ASA, and you're like, uh, you know, I mean... 2004, Case Closed. That is how I watched that show. Um, I regret not buying the DVDs before Funimation lost the license, but uh, uh, I like Con- that show. Conan is just DVDs. such a hard show to throw on to American television because of the content. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a weird blend. It's like, it is... I mean, it runs in Shonen Sunday, so by... No matter how you want to cut it, like it is, yeah, it's murders all the time, but it's really murders all the time for kids. Like, I mean, it's, it's murders it's, all it, the time, but so is Murder She Wrote. We don't go, oh, kids can't watch Murder She Wrote. It's true, but on the other hand, they don't show like graphic decapitation. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the episode of Murder She Wrote with the graphic decapitation on screen. I just imagine just imagining Angela Lansbury. <laughs> I just imagine her looking at riding a roller coaster and then somebody's head is chopped off in front of her. And just her face going, what is happening? It's like, I know I live in a town that's tiny and somehow has all the murders, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. No, I never realized I needed. Oh, man. It's, It's weird to think because it's also it's like it's really does show. And I wonder how much the fact that there was definitely kids watching this stuff, like eventually got them to say like, oh, we can do a PG rated stuff on the main network. We can do this. And then some of this stuff can fit in a little more natural because like as wild as Case mm-hmm. Close is, it'd be like, would Case Close need needed to be on need? To, I mean, other than like anime is not run on the main network. That's all. That's all other thing. But it's like, 
would you would you would have would have would have there been that compulsion to be like, well, it's just it's over this line. We've got to put it on Adult Swim action. If you were had on the Cartoon Network, that's like, yeah, but we also have like Steven Universe and Adventure Time and regular show and all these other things that are, you know, already pretty wild. Just you know. one year later, Naruto happened. <laughs> yeah, and there's the there's, yeah, like Naruto hits the air and like it's everywhere. It's like I remember being, I remember they were running PG Edit Naruto. And it was like on the television at like a, a Red Robin because they were leaving it on Cartoon Network. He's like, just leave it on Cartoon Network for the kids during the day. And it's just, I'm not sure whether it's like a edited sexy jutsu or whether it was some other, like somebody getting their ass beaten. I'm like, I'm not sure if this is the vibe. It's a similar problem for the Burger Place. had when they aired that. It's like, well, who do we, what do we do with this? <laughs> the, uh, no, the, the maximum we do with this, and I'm looking at this right now, is a Super Milk Chan. <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot that. Ah, yes, Super because Milk Adult Swim action wasn't limited to action, folks. No, it was not. I, didn't they try to air that on the comedy side of things? They did. Super Milk Chan is the one that they did put on Sundays. <laughs> like, we could air a comedy. It's like, why not Why not a good one? <laughs> why not Why not the punched up dub instead of the straight one? Yeah. It's like, also, if you're going to air a otaku-centric straight dub of something it's all like there's so many other things they could have tried like made a pass at like this is this is an era where you know like the, one of the things that becomes very obvious looking at this list is outside of exceptions like neon genesis evangelion this is all bandai um funimation um bit of genuine a little, little bit of genuine the, that starts mm -hmm. to fade away there is basic like the one thing they pick up from ADV is Super Milk Chan and I'm like they if you want to run a comedy from ADV they have Azumanga they have Excel Saga like these are going to be your Excel easier cells oh I think they probably I think they probably wanted Excel Saga but couldn't play it yeah it was still probably a little Azumanga, hard Azumanga as much as I love the heck out of it and I really do I don't it, know it would have been I don't know. Oh, it would have been, been better. It would have been better than Super, Super Milk Chan. Like I the, that's the bar agree. you got to clear. I personally yeah, I, agree. I would say it would be a better choice than Super Milk Chan. I, I personally agree, but I don't think it was what they were going for. Yeah, I think they thought like, oh, this is like a weird, this will, this will fit in with the rest of our weird stoner comedies. And I'm like, mm -hmm. nah. And besides, like, Osaka's slow. He's like stoner. It's cool. I mean, Osaka's, <laughs> Osaka's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> should have gone with Cromartie High School. There oh my God, that go. would have been part. There would have actually been there. There's your. It's even uh, in quarter hour episodes. It, yeah, if there is the uh, there's your Anna, there's your anime that is secretly an Adult Swim show. <laughs> that they again missed out on. It's it's weird to see the things that like. There's things that are such obvious pickups, even if in retrospect maybe they weren't ideal. Um, like Wolf Strain and Witch Hunter Robin, Wolf Strain has, has become so much more weird, beloved over weird, year, weird over show. the years. But it definitely was like everyone was like, "Oh, it's from somebody related to Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop." You guys got to pick this up, and you know, we'll even we won't, you know, we'll, we'll wait, we'll wait. You know, it was pre-licensed early, and so people weren't really like following it in fan subs the same way. Like people were like, oh, "We're gonna watch this on Adult Swim," and it's like, uh, maybe this is. That one was... they gave that like an all-star dub at the time. Yeah, they did yeah. some major voice actors of the day back on that yeah. one, and the dub is fantastic. I wish yeah. I could say the script was. Oof. I mean, it's weird because I think it's the kind of thing where I think if I looped back to it, I appreciate it more now. 
but at the time Possibly. I was just like, uh, this is it's it, it's also it's just hard to be on the same block where you've got Full Metal Alchemist, where you've got Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, you've got like super yeah. high watermarks got for the Trigon. medium at the time. You got uh, Bleach and Inuyasha, which <laughs> that's I mean I mean Fully Coley was already in its endless cycle of airing by that point. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we gotta do, well. we gotta talk about one of my earliest fondest memories with Adult Swim action was watching Fooly Cooly for the first time. Oh, yes. Same. It was just a spectacular thing to me. It, and yeah, it still man. is. It is. It's, uh... It's, they picked that up at the right time. They absolutely did. Um, you want to talk about something similar that, that blew me away at the, on Adult Swim action would be uh, Paranoia Agent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Paranoia Agent, I think, was probably the first time I had watched anything by Satoshi Kon. And probably the same. It, I would I would say probably yeah. for most people who like I mean if you if you if you knew maybe you already had seen like um you know perfect blue like you know especially if like if you'd managed to already get into animated circles but that's for like late teens 20 somethings right I mean I knew about perfect blue but I hadn't seen it <laughs> Yeah Well and like for someone like me who is exactly. a very young new anime fan at the time like i missed the first like two years of adult swim action because i was a child and i wasn't in anime yet but like (laughs) i came in around like when full mana alchemist started airing in 2004 you know and didn't really have any prior exposure to anything else uh besides sailor moon and inuyasha because i had a friend at school who liked those things and so encountering a show like paranoia agent like the opening was always eerie to me like i know a lot of people especially when it aired again on on Toonami, they're like, wow, this is a bop. Like, this opening is so good. And I'm like, I don't know about you guys, but this creeps me the fuck out. Like, this is such an uncomfortable show, you know? And that's something I could recognize even when I watched it as a young teen, where I'm like, something's not right about the people in the show. Something's not right about the opening. And watching it later as an adult and as a psych major, I'm like, oh, shit, this is a masterpiece. Like, I totally get it now. And, like, you know, recognizing that the lyrics of the opening are literally what you see on screen for Paranoia Agent as well. Like, it's wonderful, but it's definitely like, it's. A, I also think it's amazing that they were able to get that on Adult Swim and share it with people because otherwise, I don't think it would have. I don't think they would have been able to see it. No, I, would, I, would I don't think it would have had the the depth of audience. Like because Cone had already made his name for himself. Like people. It would have, like a lot of, I think like a lot of artier content would have been like, okay, yeah, if you're a real anime fan, you know this or that. It's definitely one of those shows that uh, benefited immensely from a wider audience. Um, Because there's definitely a lot of other high-grade anime at that time that just was not gonna, didn't, you know, it missed Adult Swim. Like like I said, there's a lot of Genian titles that like, if you had were going to air them anywhere, that would have aired there. But it's like you know, like uh, Lane didn't. It was something they probably would have also aired, but that well, ended up on Tech, Tech TV, TV. Yep. Right. Um. And I think that also losing Lane, they weren't going to then be like, well, we'll settle for Nia or Hibane or Textilize. It's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so there's like there's Yoshitoshi Abe's and and you know, and a lot of those were written in conjunction with Chiaki Kanaka. There's a whole set of stuff that just kind of gets ghosted, right? So Carl, you you remember you remember the days when people were like legitimately disappointed that they got Paranoia Agent instead of Gungrave. Oh, that's so wild. I remember that. I remember. But 
what do you what do you think? Would would people still be talking about Gungrave now if it actually no. had aired on Adult Swim? Not no. at all. I mean, yeah. do they still talk about it now? Because all I remember are the ads at Borders. That's all I remember about Gungrave. I remember that. Uh, hey, it's it's from a creator of Dragon. Yeah, so it's Bullbuck A Battlefront, and that's actually good. <clears throat> it's it is. Yeah, no, like it's it it was it was apparently a huge flop for Adult Swim. It was apparently it did okay for Jenny in, but I mean it's also one of the many things that um you know Jenny had so many was like definitely tried to be more prestige label at points and it bit them in the ass constantly. <laughs> we're gonna run this really sad anime and we're gonna we're gonna do it over a handful of volumes. It's all like it you know, me and like three other people on Dunes are the only people who bought it. Like it's 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 rough. Um and it's also the kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, you're not clearing out volumes of that stuff necessarily, even in big lots. That's just gonna it's just gonna go. <laughs> well, and Paranoia Agent's original release wasn't even Jenny on, it was some other imprint that was like really expensive. Um man, was it? I think I could have sworn sure. that That doesn't sound sure. right. Hell up. I do okay. recall Jenny on lamenting how badly Paranoia Agent did for them. Then maybe I'm I, just confusing it with something else. I, I, that this also like leads into right as um, you know, like we're we're starting to we're edging towards the the, the anime bubble bursting. Yeah. Also with some of these with some of these release histories, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Nope. Like four DVDs, um, from Jenny and four. Uh, for, Oh, cool. yeah. it should have been three. Yeah, no, like, and I, well, I have to wonder if, like, because they were all, they were doing other shows on three, like, um, in terms of another like niche, super niche prestige kind of anime, like Koikaze was three DVDs. They weren't going to stretch that out. <laughs> that might be what I'm remembering. It's just like way too much for what it was. Wow. Oh boy. Again, this is it's, and again, it's you know. Oh, what the. Yeah, Genion did some questionable things towards the end of their tenure. Everybody did. Yeah. Everybody yeah, did. They, oh, yeah. Everybody Not as much did. as Bandai Visual. Ooh. Yeah. I remember some really weird, like, for one thing, because I was a person who didn't have income at the time when all these things were coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Where you'd get DVDs with, like, maybe three or four episodes on them for, like, 30, 35 bucks. But I remember when Bandai made the move to release things sub only without bonus features first that were still expensive. And you can get them in a box set or in individual volumes. And then you could get the dubbed one with the subs and bonus features later. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, looking back on that now, I'm like, that is such an odd marketing decision for Bandai Visual to make. Like. well, Bandai Visual being yeah. the separate entity to like Bandai USA, yeah, Bandai was its own, was, was its own was weird, was its own weird thing. Well, and no, then they were the just they were. Well, go ahead. Well, the thing is though, is that like what we know about licensing is that like even if it seems weird, like that may have been something that they were required to do in their contract. Well, the other thing is, is that you have these two companies, right? You have this sort of shell company, and then you have suddenly the Japanese company trying to directly enter in the market, handling things in the same way they do in Japan. Um, and really thinking that they're they're very right about these things. Mm-hmm. And I guess looping looping back to hanging out with Kyle Pope, um, Bandai Visual does this panel at SakuraCon one year, and I'm there, and Kyle's there, and uh, Jesse Bettridge, who uh, from Zana in Canada, 
um, po- uh, podcast and website uh, is there. And, um, you know, I'd already met Jesse the year prior, I think. So it's like Bandai Visual's doing this panel and they open up with this slide. It's like, we know anime fan wants. And they're talking about how they're going to do these releases. And we've got stuff on HD, DVD, and yada, yada, yada. They open the floor to questions. And then, like, the next 30 minutes is basically me, Jesse, Kyle, not even trying, attempting to hand off to each other, but just, like, they keep dodging questions. And we keep sort of being like, why are you doing this? This does not make any sense for this market. And we didn't realize that, like, this is one of the guys, one of, like, the the head honchos from Japan for this project. And we're just immolating him at this panel not by any sort of pre-planning but just that's how it happened and it was that it was a foretelling of like oh this market's about to like fall on its ear because this stuff will not sell it will then put a bunch of uh, you know the retailers in a, in a tough position of having to send stuff back or, or, or clearance it out and they're not going to order stuff um, the same way they were before those lower orders are going to, and it just will ripple through until all of these things within a two-year period fell over, at which point, like, Adult Swim Action was almost holding things down, because it's like, we get here, you know, like, you look at the 2007-2008 period, and you're like, uh, if you, if you, if if there wasn't Adult Swim Action, like, what, what would have... There have been nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely like... <laughs> nothing. That was pretty much it. I remember yep. that time a lot, and I, I had a close friend at the time that was really big into anime with me, and we both honestly thought the anime market was just going to die within a few years. I'm glad we were wrong. Yeah, that was a scary time, you know. <laughs> End like of you... Toonami in 2008, and Adult Swim Action not long after got gutted. Oh gosh, they restored we, we, it eventually, but but even after even after restored it, like new licenses took for it. You think Toonami's got it bad right now? This is Yo, paradise man. compared to the old Swim Action days. Two thousand eight, like, two thousand nine, Adult Swim, scary time, scary hey, time to be watching. We got maybe one new show the entire year. Poor Dato. Yeah. Poor poor Morabito. I loved Morbido so much. Such a held, held it held it down though because like I mean how I mean who were your distributors at that point because it's like ADV is now yeah well, it's, it's basically Funimation it it's is basically, basically Funimation and Viz it, Viz and Viz is basically mark? like we'll we'll throw we'll, we'll throw Shonen's at you but we're not licensing anything else you'd care about so like you yeah. know if you were cool and ran like you know Nana or Honey and Clover. We didn't really Jeez, have you have this college-age audience. Who would want to watch a show about, like, cool punk rockers or college-age art school students? I know, right? We didn't really have Sentai Filmworks yet, so that was uh, not bad. I mean, that yet. was... It's, well, and even to the extent it existed, it was this whole... The idea that it would be in any shape to license a thing yeah. to another thing, and that, like, again, ostensibly, allegedly, rumoredly, ADV just being an absolute pill to work with compared to the other companies... And this is all all hearsay, as far as far as any sort of official thing. Allegedly's everywhere on that, but allegedly it does it. It makes sense basically in in terms of like, okay, well, who's licensing stuff to anybody? Who, which, where were they able to buy things from? <laughs> where was anyone able to buy things from? It's not like there was another channel that had a ton of ADV stuff instead. <laughs> no, right? No, right around right around mm. then. Most of those other blocks disappeared, though. Sci-Fi did try their hand in what 2008. 
They did, and they got Gurren Lagann. They got Gurren. They, they talk they about things they got robbed. Gun. They got robbed. That's like a Gurren... Gundam Double O and Gurren Lagann. Come on. Sci-fi getting Gurren Lagann is the Adult Swim action miss equivalent to Fox Kids stealing Escaflone out from underneath Toonami. <laughs> yeah, it, it really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, but we got it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. So listening to you guys talk about this makes me glad that I was younger and not super involved with like industry stuff at the time that I was watching these shows because I remember some action being so exciting because there was new shit that I couldn't get anywhere else. Yeah. It, Even it, though it, like there was a point where like it was kind of like a trickle because there was maybe only one or two shows that they were airing at the time that I was interested in watching and that really did like kind of set foreshadow to how I'd feel about Toonami now where there just isn't a lot of content that I'm interested in anymore and that's probably because my tastes have changed as I've gotten older as a fan but I remember being so stoked to record anime on tapes and DVDs and like to watch it on Saturdays because for someone who didn't have a job and couldn't buy discs or had limited access based on what was available in stores and god forbid trying to torrent because all I had was dial-up Adult Swim Action was that place where I could watch the stuff that I really loved and explore this medium in where the access to it was super limited Yeah. without worrying about whether or not, Oh, is this going to die? Like what's going to happen to the anime industry? Like I knew about that company blow ups, but they were just kind of like whispers. (laughs) You know, it's it's like, Oh, these companies are gone, but I still have shows that I'm watching and I'm really enjoying and I have fond memories of it. No, it's definitely different when you're like, I mean, Like I said, very early on, I was in a position to, like, start writing about this stuff in a not professional manner, because that would mean I was paid in actual money and not DVDs. But (laughs) I got free DVDs out of it. I got screeners out of it. Um, That combination of stuff. You got got quoted on the IGP Xbox. I mean, wait, even I got I got quoted on I got quoted on a bunch of different DVD boxes. I managed to bait like uh Funimation later on into doing a physical release for something by reviewing the streaming version positively. Uh, I got, I got basically like, I literally did a really great review of, of princess jellyfish and they posted on their Facebook page and like, you agree, should we do a physical? And like, of course everybody on their Facebook page is going to say yes. But I'm like, I set them up with that. And then I got quoted on their website for that. Um, but even before that, like it was quoted on the back of Spiral DVD and all this stuff comes out of being able to like get into anime through Toonami and Adult Swim Action, discussing this stuff on forums. But there is absolutely, you're right, Celia, there is a familiarity breeds contempt thing. It is very different to be almost like go from being like, I'm a fan to I'm meeting some of these reps at cons and we're like talking shop and stuff. And it's not even like a full five years later. Um and I'm like literally in my 20s and I'm like, oh, the, there's a guy from New Type USA. He's like saying, send, you know, d- drop off a writing packet. Maybe maybe you can get a gig. I'm glad I didn't because obviously New Type USA folded. But like, right, that you're, you know, you're you're at, you know, you're going to Anime Expo on a press badge. You're going to a, a press and industry only little, you know, finger foods, luncheon, after party, whatever. And like there's Gen Fukunaga and there's, you know. Uh, John O'Donnell and there's uh, you know Matt Greenfield and they're all just in a circle chatting and you realize it's like oh this industry like everybody knows everybody in it <laughs> so as these things are coming apart like I'm sure they're in you know like it's 
everybody when you're that close to it like you're like hey is is your friend gonna have a job <laughs> um <laughs> because you're that you know you're that tight with people even if you're talking like i am i i like there were definitely shows that you know thankfully you know i say it's like man they missed out on on, on so much stuff from adv i'm like yeah but they also like never had to like air mad lax to get anything <laughs> so trade-offs right they never had to air Elf and Light. Oh my God! <laughs> they they wanted to air Elf and Light. Okay, but could they have aired Elf and Light? No, no, could no, not. It's it's way too brutal. S and P said <laughs> and absolutely not. It's also just like it's it's weird to me that they want to air because there's just there's no substance to that show. It's just violence. It is it is the I mean. Kim Manning has eccentric tastes. It is it is it's so funny because it is the it is, you know I know the ADV didn't do the this ain't no Mickey mouse ad i know that's a columbia house slash kind of cpm kind of joint <laughs> uh but like it that is the that is like if that's more the anime i would visualize for that they know me this is anime and it's extreme like yeah that's, that's that you is, want anime baby it's the most edgelord show ever <laughs> like yeah it, it really um, is it's like still 20 years later um Ah, see, I looped it back to the theme. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's like, it's like, it's, I mean, this was just another thing that's to ASA's credit is by and large, it is pretty immaculately curated. Like, yes, they've had to have some things that are, eh, and there's certainly, depending on your tastes, you know, it's not going to, no one's going to love everything there, but it was certainly on balance, a great on-ramp for folks. Like there was very few things that people are going to be like, I'm never going to watch anime again because I saw this show on the block. Right. Like one of the things that I noticed when I was reflecting back on the titles that aired during Adult Swim Action is there was a very nice balance of original anime to animes based off of other properties or that are adaptations of things like the amount of original anime that I ended up watching in the mid two thousands because of adult swim action kind of surprised me. And especially because even now original anime shows, I think there's less, always like, like a caution around them because you even don't know less what to common expect, now. right? I feel like they're just even less common. I now. Agree. Like there was, there was, yeah. there was like that bubble era had a lot of, we are going to make things specifically for anime, not we're going to adopt, uh, adapt a popular manga or a light novel or a game or so on. Like the, that one of the things that definitely came out of that bubble burst and you can see it as the, as the pickups change here from being, Oh, here's all these originals to, Oh, here's something based off a of manga. Here's something based off a of manga. Here's something based off a of light novel. Here's something based off a of game. Here's something based off a of multimedia property. You know, like it's like that shift as we get into the 2010s of, you know, even the stuff that's original is still maybe quoting something else. It's like, hey, we finally aired Samurai 7. Cool. Uh, however, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, like that gets into that. It's kind of interesting that as, you know, Toonami comes back, right? And it gets all this great stuff, but it's like, it's very interesting to look at how much of it is, you know, find me an anime original title in it, mm -hmm. especially from that's, that, was, that wasn't from the prior decade. It's like, cool, you finally ran Michiko and Hachin. Great. Would have been awesome if that had if that had been picked up when it was supposed to be and like aired in 2007. That would have been killer. Mm, yeah. Um 
But then it kind of now stands out as is like, okay, what else? You know, like I'm looking through here and I'm like, okay, I guess Kill a Kill. There you go. There's a real anime original thing. Dimension W. But it's <laughs> like, uh, it's no, so... that's based on a manga. It oh, is. shoot, you're right. Absolutely. It is. Yeah, it's and so notably, thin. it's not well condensed. <laughs> no, it's um. I'm like no, the one just... person that really likes that anime. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, I mean, I mean, even looking like in the past year, has there been anything that is like anime original? And <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. um, uh, other than their own stuff. Yeah, other really. than their own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. they're the only ones that, like that, like, and that's 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 a that's a shift, and I guess that's another thing that's kind of. I could name about... a, a few anime that exist like that, but not on Toonami, and even then, very small amount. Like the first thing that comes to my mind would be like Decadence. Yeah, there's and that, there is something that I surprised Toonimation hasn't tried to like get on Toonami or the Toonami doesn't want. Like it's I was surprised such, it's a layup at this Akadama point. Drive, another oh, layup. Oh, that would be a great one, yes. Yeah. Uh well I mean now that it, I mean obviously this whole Sony thing is a whole different that's a whole different yeah. ball of wax. And I mean that they, well, that might mark another might mark another phase in this because like I said, you'd look at what they were able to air in that first decade. They were really lucky to have hit kind of an amazing era in television anime. Like, there was a lot of original new stuff that fit their vibe being put out, and most of it went through to distributors they could play ball with. Um, that's now it's like they had it is it is a mirror that reflects the what's being produced in Japan first and foremost. And if that's all adaptations, that's all adaptations. And I guess as we move into this third decade of its existence, uh, shoot like it may, it may be all original programming they have to make for the most part it's and that's, that's such that an way. interesting shift because for so many years adult swim action they they dabbled a little bit you know they had the big o season two mm-hmm. they dabbled a little bit in uh you know, producing their own stuff but didn't really hit full swing until they attempted to do more fully coolly with toonami Though they did want to do more Fooly Coodly back then. <laughs> and they also wanted to do some other things that didn't actually happen, according to uh, those in the know. Yeah. But now it's it, it, it's almost It's literally DeMarco's job, too. It's, like, he's the, ana- he's the guy who makes anime for, for Warner now. <laughs> yes, he is. And they, uh, you know, when you can't get Jujutsu Kaisen, you get the director who did it. <laughs> good, good play. Good uh, play. Very good play. But yeah, hopefully well, the writing is good. Like, uh, yeah, that's the key. The writing part needs to be good. The writing I think really it was needs God to be God of High good. School, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, God boy. of High School, just no. No. And even, like, Jujutsu Kaisen is fun. It's not amazing but it's fun and in terms of like the storytelling so i'm curious to see what the director can do when he's given like a really solid quality script mm. hopefully he has one big uh, ask uh right oh man mm. the less about said the... about the quality of the scripts of tsunami originals the better Ooh. uh <laughs> But Fully Coolie Alternative was good. I did like Fully Coolie Alternative. 
Huh. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be that annoying person to like progressive better. <laughs> uh, That's fine. I, 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 literally okay. wrote a, I literally wrote a 5,000 word essay. You did. Bad. Hey, and DeMarco retweeted me, so clearly yeah. I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> I'm the best, number one. <laughs> I do look forward to your future dissertations on Fooly Cooly 4 and 5. That is wild. That is absolutely that, insane. That is, oh man. You know, what blows my mind is that they did that after it became apparent. It's like, oh, IG was kind of finessed into buying that off of Gynax from out from underneath Kara, who got who Gynax owed money to. (laughs) I I feel some kind of way about that whole thing. That whole thing feels awkward. Um, I don't know if anybody looks great in that. (laughs) No, no, nobody does. but uh, that's a whole that's a whole nother thing. But it's weird. It's weird to think that this, you know, like they pick up this, you know, a bit, it already had a fully had an incredible level of hype even before Sync Point had gotten the release underway. And people are like, holy smokes, Sync Point knocked this dub out out of the out of the water because um, everybody's figured like this is going to be impossible. Like this is so steeped in. Japanese cultural references and like pop, like weird otaku pop culture reference bullshit. It's not even like, oh, they referenced Rakugo and something traditional and something you could, you know, like this is the kind of thing where you've got to have some very savvy people to like, even if you wanted to translate it straight, do it, make that, get that, get that correct, let alone then say, oh, that's like Crystal Pepsi in the US. That's the joke to make and then have the delivery and everything else to land it. Like Sync Point manages to make this work it airs on tsunami or excuse me adult swim action Ooh, Ooh, i'm in trouble thing. i did the thing <laughs> and then and it, it actually finishes and it finishes airing before the last uh dvd is out in the u.s if i recall correctly um because i think there was actually a production delay at sync point because the uh, there's like six people uh, there's like six people at sync point at any given time and they all got a cold so i kicked out the release date for the last disc um, it was the COVID and, you know, of 2003. It, it, <laughs> something. It was a hey, swine it's, flu. It's, yeah, it's 2003. It was probably just an original uh, recipe size. Um, ah, yes. Tasteless joke. Very sorry. Um, Very sorry. No, it, it, it's... Ooh, and I'll, leave, I'll, I'll let you hang on that one. Uh, it, it's... It, 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 you know, I think that was... That sort of more than a lot of the other things that he also even had up to that point was a huge tonal shift too. Like it's not uh, a show with giant robots essentially in the same way that other shows are like, it's not a mech show really. It's not a, uh, it's an action show, but it's also, it's as psychological as they're going to get. Like it's, it's Ava in six episodes in terms of its actual plot arc. It is the same Gynax Bildung's Roman, you know, coming of age story that they do. They did kind of for everything, from Ava until like the company imploded. Um, Cause even Mahoromatic has the same beats. Even Abenobashi has the same beats. Um, you know, like it's hitting the same notes and it's like about a, you know, tween to teenage boy. Okay. Like they had, they had, they knew, they knew what worked for them. <laughs> um, even if they were doing an adaptation. Um, I guess they kind of finally break with that by the time you get to Melody of Oblivion, but that's garbage. Again, Bullets Dodged for Adult Swim Action because that was a genuine title. Um, but uh, no, like it's it's like that like it's interesting to see like this thing that was definitely 
I think was the sign that this was going to stick around for them. Like, I feel like Fully Coley being something that they just couldn't stop re-airing, even though it's so short, like, oh, this, this block will work for them. And now it's maybe their lifeline. <laughs> like, Kinda. that's a, those, that's a, those that's early wild. days of adult swim were kind of rocky, you know? Yeah. There was, Lupin like, didn't really turn out to be successful. They were really hoping Lupin I know was going to be I know just as needed. huge as, as Bebop. And they're they like, needed, oh, wait. Even, yeah. even Trigun wasn't as huge as Bebop. They needed Trinity <laughs> Blood, you guys. Oh, man. Okay, I wanted to talk okay. about Trinity Blood. I so, loved Trinity Blood. I was oh. wondering if Celia loved Trinity Blood, because oh, no. I feel like I that was going to be her wheelhouse. I fucking loved right Trinity Blood. Give us, give us what you oh, love dear. about Trinity Blood. Okay, so Trinity Blood... I remember it because I wanted to be a goth kid so bad. It is the gothest show. Grade, right? <laughs> <laughs> but what I really loved about it is because, like, uh, like I grew up in a Christian house. And I really loved this blend of, like, using, like, the Catholic Church and religious terms to talk about the vampires. Like, calling them Methuselah instead of vampires. I was like, that's so cool. Like, that I just really cool. love that. Um, I really love that the Vatican was secretly like an organization to destroy the Methuselah and made it seem like it was more like a holy war instead of just, oh, we got to defeat the vampires. Like, I just loved the way everything was framed. The art style was really cool. I remember the animation being cool, except for like the weird CG, because I remember the studio that did it. Gonzo. And I can't. Gonzo. Gonzo was one of the first anime studios I remember that was using 3D CG and integrating it with 2D cell animation at the that time. That was literally how they launched it. Like Gonzo was like, hey, because I mean, they had, Gonzo you had a immense- missed pilot candidate. Well, no, not even that. Gonzo, Gonzo, of course, launched with uh, Blue Sub number six. Um, yes. Which of course, it had the advantages of being an OVA. And I believe they had, I believe that's uh, Mahiro uh, Maida directing. So you're like, you've got a guy who's like, Gonzo is launched in part by a guy who's like, mm, Gynax is too boring for me right now. I'm going to start my own studio. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Gonzo so, did some so, really cool yeah. like experimental stuff. Like they did yeah. that with Count of Gankutsu uh, as well. Yeah. But like Trinity Blood had all these really awesome elements. So, you know, I've already talked about like the religious aspect, but then you also have like these really cool forbidden romance aspects as well because the main character is a priest and then the girl that falls for him she's a nun so technically they're not supposed to be in love with each other anyways but also you find out later who he really is right yeah. and even and it adds another layer to that you know star-crossed lovers element and i'm so sad that trinity blood wasn't finished i believe the either the author or the artist passed away i believe it was the author before oh. the before the series could be finished, so it is uh, in it is just left on a cliffhanger. But I loved it so much. Like the opening was great, the music was great. That I actually started buying the manga when Tokyo Pop started releasing it, mm -hmm. uh, and I actually still have that very worn out Trinity Blood manga volume on my shelf. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it it hit like all the right spots. It was perfect. At least back then. Like, I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd be like, oh, this is. <laughs> I remember this in 2006 is... thinking, why are they playing Trinity Blood before Bleach? I <laughs> I remember it, it is kind of backwards. Initially liking <laughs> Trinity Blood. And uh, over time, I'm just like, what are they even doing? <laughs> so I, I um, you know, again, uh, theater kid mom, uh, 
loved vampire novels and stuff. So it's like we like we bought Hells in it. Like the second I started buying anime DVDs, it's like, hey, you know, this Helsing show has vampires in it. It's like, all right, <laughs> go ahead and buy that. And it's like, it's, but I mean, I, I bring it up because, of course, Helsing being the sort of like, again, I, part of I, part of part of what I do wonder if one of the things that was rough for Adult Swim action is its audience is adults. These are people already often already getting into anime. So when they pick up something, it's got echoes something else that maybe whether it's better or worse was first. I wonder the extent to which that sometimes that undercut something like Trinity blood, because I'm sure a lot of the people who watched it um, on adult, on adult swim or who were going to like pick it up on DVD or like, yeah, well, you know, got Helsing though. So I'm kind of covered with the, the Gothic, very Christian vampire angle. <laughs> Um, even if like they're very dramatically different Just takes on it. Just a dash of Trigun. I was gonna say at the time I kind of felt like it was a knockoff of Trigun. Yeah, Able Night Road really? does feel a lot like Dash. They've I don't got know because I watched those pretty close to each other because of the reruns on Adult Swim Action, mm. and they don't give me similar vibes at all. Uh, because they're with Able, I think that his. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and Abel's peaceful nature is has different motivations behind it mm-hmm. than Vash. Yeah. You know, where you can tell with Abel that he's using it to hide versus Vash isn't hiding anything. It's who he is, yeah. with the exception of his traumatic past. Um, but yeah, Abel Night Road, I feel like, is very different. So I thought they were completely different experiences. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's fair. I, mean, I imagine yeah. another show that was probably your jam back then would be Blood Plus. Oh, Blood Plus! I, I loved. loved it. It was Except so good. for the voice of David. <laughs> the voice of David needed to, to to get off the Xanax. But other than that, Blood Plus was amazing. Blood Plus had one of the best openings oh. I'd seen at the time. I still listen to it to this day. Aozuran no Namida is a bop. Uh, yeah, Blood Plus was wonderful, and it was one of the. I didn't realize it was based off of the Blood movies. When I watched it, uh, it isn't, is it? Because I actually, when it was airing, I went and rented the Blood movies from a Hollywood video because I was curious about the story. It is and it isn't because it's really not the same story at all. No, the Blood Plus is, I think, supposed to be like an adapted, like a continuation of the story after what happens in the Blood movies. I yes, it's, it's after Sai it, it, has it, already it, been in Vietnam. It, 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 yes, but these are not the same people. The way they act, the way they think. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a continuation in theory. Something like those events must have happened in Blood Plus, but it is not the same. The, the, that movie does not sync up with the show at all. We are not the same. <laughs> right. That's. I think though I'm kind of used to that because that's kind of par for the course with multimedia franchises in anime. Like, I mean, it yes. isn't like every yeah. version of Blood a, a little different. Bit different. Yeah. It's a yeah. crying shame that there's no modern release of Blood Plus. You can't stream it anywhere. You can't buy it anywhere. Sony, you have multiple anime companies now. Get it out there. Yeah. Well, and like... what's hard to know with Blood Plus is if the companies that were involved in the production committee are still around for that to happen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's IG. It's IG. They can make it happen. <laughs> well, not just IG. Like every like other original networks are MBS well, and TBS so. in Japan. So like, it's, I, I don't think it would be that rough. Um, I don't know. It's been like 15 years, <laughs> and it still hasn't. Moved. I mean, back in the day, Sony released it uh, across two sets that mm-hmm. were 100 bucks plus, and that was the only way to buy them. 
and they were limited releases, and so uh, I never got those. I wanted to, but yeah, I, I a friend told me as well that those releases weren't finished. I haven't looked into that myself, but I don't think it was ever fully released on I home video either. Was under the impression they did, but the, the second set was. A <laughs> what are you talking about? Anime always finished releasing. Oh yeah, always. I don't know what you're. Talking about. <laughs> Every looks time. at half of everything Viz released uh, since the late two thousands. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. The two two thousand six to like two thousand eight was my jam on Adult Swim action because you had like Trinity Blood, Eureka Seven, which I adored and I still adore to this day. Oh yes. And like, that was Blood that was Plus. A, that was such a highly anticipated title too. Oh, like I remember, I remember um, Bandai running a trailer for it at SakuraCon. Like, hey, we've we've got to pick up on this, and everyone was just like, holy shit, this is this is the one. This is the thing we're going to give give a damn about and. Um, I, 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 again, it definitely has, uh, it's moments like you could, again, you could, you could pick out the episodes that Shiaki Konaka wrote, uh, wrote just by the, uh, design of stuff in the episode. Cause they're like, oh, they used a Frank Lloyd Wright thing. That's his. Cause he's a nerd for that. So, <laughs> um, cause he does the same stuff in, in, in textualize uh, a year earlier, uh, or probably a couple of years earlier announcement trailer versus release versus adult swim airing. Right. Um, but yeah, no, like there's, there's a great example of something that was like, everybody was hyped for that. I do wonder if that could have been in an, it's also something that's like, you know, you look at, uh, I remember like there was a couple of people are like, are going to fans of it anyways. Um, and you, you know, it's clearly airing with the, the time code in the, in the corner. It's like, that was a show that like, was strictly speaking again, uh, aimed at a broad audience and kind of narrowed in by adult swim. I wonder if it would have been even wider received if it had been given a chance for like a weekday strip on on tsunami or something but it's still well I'm, you I'm, know it's, me it's, it's, circa it's, it's, 2006 it's, why is oreca 7 and bleach on adult swim it, <laughs> well i mean bleach at least had the, like the content made that a lot more up and down with bleach because bleach is just like hey everybody's bleeding everything forever uh eureka 7 has some it's, it's, yeah, it's got some rough stuff. Oh, it's, it's got some yeah. really graphic stuff. It gets it gets um, rougher as it goes on for sure. I mean, let's talk about the way that the the main villain goes out. I don't think Tsunami could have aired that in any way, shape, or form. That's true. We're talking in mm -hmm. a post Gundam Seed failure Cartoon Network. They, that too, and they're like, they're, uh, they're not gonna. <laughs> they uh, weren't gonna. But I, I, you know. But I'm glad I, that again. I'm glad Adult Swim ran it. Oh, I know. Instead, Toonami gets dice. That's what Bandai mm. gives Toonami dice. <laughs> well, hey, at least we also got Scryed on Adult Swim action. Yes, I loved Scryed. That was, was such a weird show, but I loved it. It's such I, what same. It, it's one of those super digi cell shows too. Like it is aged visually like milk unfortunately mm. yeah it's so it doesn't look good anymore i, I need to pick up the, the uh, modern discotheque release i'm sure they clean it up but i have the old bandai set yeah i mean i think I, I don't know if there's a lot you can do you can make it crisper but there's just nonetheless it's like oh how did you literally composite and animate this originally it's like uh awkwardly <laughs> <laughs> it's still um, really a, fun to watch though i'll say yeah. that yeah, no, it, it, it overcomes its aesthetic, like, in a heartbeat. I shouldn't even say that's aesthetic. That's production I would yeah, actually argue its aesthetic helps alleviate its production yeah. style. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it, uh, any any of those super digital-looking shows are benefit if it's at least bright and fun and fast. Yeah. Uh, as we all know, Straight Cougar does love being fast. 
you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of an odd pickup at the time. It really Dolphin. was, but I was so happy. I had seen four episodes because a friend had the first DVD. That's all I'd seen before Adult Swim Action picked up. I'm like, oh, I can see the rest of this. And that, that happened a lot to me with Adult Swim Action. Um, similar thing happened when uh, we got Morabito. And it's yeah. just like, wow, there's the rest of that. Well, you had to wait a while for that. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. That was I a did. very strange broadcast. <laughs> Unfortunate, to be sure. And then they buried it. They straight up buried that show and the second season of Code Geass. Well, that one deserves it, but that's my hot take of the day. <laughs> <laughs> my hot take is the second season of Code Geass is more of the first season, and then the ending is worth watching. <laughs> I would agree with you, actually. Uh, that but the ending... fact that, the, that the second season is basically more of the first season is like, this isn't what I want. <laughs> I want progression. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> they they clearly were set up to be like, oh, we'll finish this up with a movie. And instead, we're like, no, you get a whole nother 26. You're like, ah. The feeling I get <laughs> is like at the end of the first season, they were going to just end it. And they're like, oh, wait, we got another season. Quick. We need to change it and uh, expand yeah. it. And uh, how do we do that? I don't know. We didn't have any ideas for that. We only really had a season worth of material. Well, let's make it happen anyway. Okay. Yeah. That was in the era that I was mostly ignoring what Adult Swim action was up to, and um, pretty sure I watched Code Geass fan subbed. <laughs> no, I think my You're in uh, trouble. Want to talk and Death game. Note too. Oh God, Death Note. Uh, I like no, the Death, first half okay. of it. Death, okay, silly. I really <laughs> liked Death Note yeah. too. <laughs> I like no, Death I figured, Note. No, if you're a goth kid, you have to love Death Note. It's obligatory. Yeah, that's like probably absolutely. still. Absolutely. Probably still. <laughs> Look, you know, I, you know, I'm a bus driver. Every now and then, I see teenagers with anime stuff. Saw some teenage kids with anime stuff. Somebody was holding a Death Note. It's like, <laughs> it's still got the power. Oh yeah. It is kind of funny seeing that stuff circle back around because I remember when that was all new because the show was airing on TV, and then it just kind of disappeared for about a decade, and now it's coming back. And I'm like, oh my god. It actually I've been fucks transported me up. back in time. <laughs> it fucks me up to like to see like oh there's just like Naruto and DBZ shirts in like Walmart now for just like oh, everybody. Geez. Like it's not an unusual mm-hmm. thing. It's just like that's one of the properties that gets merch everywhere. Like I saw Cowboy Bebop joggers in Azumis, and I'm like, okay. That's the world we live in now. <laughs> I yeah. bought Naruto and Cowboy Bebop crop tops at Forever 21 a couple years ago. Wow. Teenage me like, had a small yeah. arsenal of Dragon Ball Z shirts that I got from Anchor Bay. I had I had uh, shirts from like the local anime store. So I had like Bebop shirts. Like actually I had some deep cut stuff. Like I had a Neon under seven shirt. I still have my Hyben Bay shirt because I don't wear that out as much. So I'm trying to keep it nice, whereas like the Nia shirt I, re- I wore until it was destroyed. Um <laughs> Because it's also weirder. You're just off-putting as hell. Because it's just the first DVD cover on this shirt. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. It's uh, so there's a, there's it's 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 weird to see like yeah, all this stuff disappeared. But like there are clearly properties that are now actually percolating in the background with the same kind of constancy as Marvel stuff or Star Wars stuff, and that is built definitely on 
Toonami and uh, for that matter, Adult Swim Action. And it's like the kind of thing where it's like, okay, there's this insurance. It's like, are we going to loop back to this podcast another 10 or 20 years and be like, it was wow when they did the anime cinematic universe over Warner, wasn't it? <laughs> we just got to get V-Lord hired over, over there and we can get the uh, cinematic oh, podcast universe. Oh, my Lord. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it is, you know, I mean, the seeds are there. You have DeMarco there now leading projects for them. And it's like, what does that look like in 10 years? Like, is he... You know who's the guy who who's the guy who runs all the Marvel stuff for Disney? What's his name? Kevin Feige. Yeah, is he there? Is he gonna do? Is he gonna be that for like anime projects at Warner? Are we eventually mm-hmm. gonna see this thing build up? It's I don't know. We're 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 at a really interesting intersection all these years later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's yeah. it's <laughs> would have been more interesting if they kept Crunchyroll. That's a whole nother. Yeah, that's <laughs> not their fault. That's yeah, no, no, fault. no, that's no, that no, that's no, that is that is. Thank you, AT and T. Of all the things that AT and T would sell off, come on, guys. Yeah. You had far deader weight than that. Thanks for thanks for the, thanks for the monopoly in a in a vertical. Super mm-hmm. useful. Great. Oh boy! Well, as we're pushing towards the end of uh, the Adult Swim Action Era, there were two big shows yep. that I really liked, um, and that would be. Mm-hmm. And fun fact: they're both hard to get. Well, one of them's not anymore, thanks to uh, Discotech. But Kakaishi and Durarara, and I yeah. just love the both of those for very different reasons. Kakaishi is just like almost this shonen jumpy actiony adventure thing that. God, I loved it so much, and I was so sad when it disappeared off shelves before I could buy it. Um, but that one just came out of nowhere. It's just like, oh, hey. And then there's the Anaplex title. the One of the few times I bought Anaplex DVDs. Thank you, Durarara. You you took my wallet. Durarara I was really hyped for because I loved Bacchano and Same. still do. Same. Um, and that's, that's why I got so, into it. But I... I actually, I believe I watched the simulcast on Crunchyroll. Ooh. Well, so and when it, it came also, to Adult Swim, it was kind of old news. <laughs> well, and it's another thing that um, was used by, uh, albeit in another country, as an attempt to get at the Adult Swim demographic because of Viceland UK ran Narara of all things, huh. um, which is uh, an odd an odd decision and also just like again just the uk version keep in mind they had you know they had both they they already had it by that point the u.s canadian and uk networks and they're like no only we can get this in one place well probably okay, because then. it's a separate separate uh, distributor because north american rights were all anaplex and uk is anime limited <laughs> but yeah there's another thing that of course is now in the anaplex vault which is still the sony vault which means they probably could reissue it tomorrow but yeah good yeah. luck <laughs> Reissue Bacchano, please. Please. Oh, man. And Birdie, the Mighty Decode. That would also be nice. You know, among other uh, things. Bacchano is is brutal, but it does feel like kind of a a miss to me from that era of stuff. That feels like it could have been a win. I don't know how they didn't get that. (laughs) It feels like it's just, it's such, it's such a, it's got so much style. It's got so much swag. The action is uh, over the top. You know, and also it's like it's it's over the top. That at the same time, I'm also like, yeah, but you aired Dead Man Wonderland later on, like you know, like that, the second you aired well, that, which is just nuts, right? That, that's you, a you, different era. That's it tsunami. is true. It's that's true. modern tsunami in its early days. 
Well, it also yeah. feels like the rules kind of unlocked. It's weird. In that reboot, they're like, okay, well, we will actually make a very serious go of this and just run, you know. When... We're going to try some crazy stuff. I we'll, mean, we'll... we got Cash and Sins of all things. They were willing to try all kinds of crazy things. Exactly. Yes, I I remember the uh, the early criticism of the return of Toonami is like this is just Adult Swim action with some Toonami flair, not entirely wrong, but also, were, it was Adult Swim action with Toonami flair, but with more light, more shows getting licensed, so yay! Yeah, you look at you look at how thin it is. Like you know, 2010, there are two shows listed as having started in 2010. There's Kakashi, yeah. and there's uh, you know, albeit Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is quite a, quite a, quite a start, right? But then it's all like even 2011. There's there's Dora just Dora yep. uh, You know, that's it. You yeah. know, it's that's, that's that's rough. Like there's nothing new coming through, and then 2012 is just suddenly like, hey, we're actually we're our heads in the game again, and it really doesn't lighten up, honestly, until you get to like this year. <laughs> I would argue yeah. the lightning up 20 for the 2020. <laughs> 2020, yeah, but understandably so. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's not like, if different. you look at 2019, they were firing oh, on all Absolutely. Cylinders. 2019 was a fantastic year for Toonami. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at 2019, they have so much stuff that's like, yeah, they can carry that into 2021 pretty easily. Or they're 2020 pretty easily. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, it's, you know, what's the new thing this year? Shenmue. Besides, made, 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 made in abyss. I take it back, and that is, that is a wild pickup. <laughs> it's about time. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, it, it, it broke me and Kuro pretty good. I'm, I'm glad they finally aired it. <laughs> I, you know, I kind of appreciate a lull in the expected, because for a while there, it was like, oh, it's a big Shonen Jump property. It's probably mm -hmm. an air on Toonami. Yeah, <laughs> not anymore. No, honestly, I was as frustrating as it's going to be not getting some of those licenses for me. I was actually getting frustrated with Toonami picking up stuff that I was already watching on Simuldub. So I'm just like, could you get me something that I am not already watching, please? And now the yeah, like I yes. intentionally had to not watch Jojo so I could watch it on Toonami first. Yeah. Now it's on Netflix where everybody could see it. Not that mm. anyone cares. <laughs> not where that I, anyone cares. Where I yes. keep forgetting that it's there, so I still haven't watched it. Yeah, that's I, I mean it does I mean it's weird how much like there's 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 somebody who's again tried to build their name on on stuff that uh ultimately Toonami broke the ground on. Uh, you know, Ghost in the Shell, twenty twenty uh twenty forty five. Netflix exclusive. Basically, mm -hmm. no one cares about it, <laughs> even though they're. Well, it's 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 also yes, the CG doesn't do it any favors, but there are some great episodes in it that I feel like, in the old Adult Swim action days, where we're all just talking about this stuff every weekend, we would have torn those episodes apart. We would have had, we would have had so much fun on the message boards and, and chat rooms and stuff, being like, "Oh man, do you see that bottle episode with Bateau in the bank? That would have been." It's like it's it's weird to see it's funny because it's like this streaming stuff isn't necessarily a better experience in terms of like getting people on the same page and enjoying stuff and getting that kind of rhythm going 
Like, you it, don't get that every it week. It works if they're doing steady releases. Like, if you get Simon yep. Clubs and then you're just like, oh, yep. this episode's out this week. These episodes are out this week. But if you, yep. do a, if you do a Netflix dump, oh, no, it don't work at all. Yeah. Well, it's like, those, there's, like, yeah, there's all this stuff, like, on Netflix. It's getting its season dumped. And Birdie Wing gets more hype than any of it. <laughs> And that's the weirdest, coolest thing I could think of from this season. But, like, there you go. And Birdie even, Wing's not even getting that much hype, all things considered. Um, you know, like, uh, honestly, uh, God, that would that would have been, like, a weird Adult Swim back in the day. Like, they would have look, picked look, up something I'm, strange I'm like holding that. out hope that the reason why it's not dubbed is because Bandai is going to give it to Toonami. <laughs> oh I'm holding God. out hope. Oh, dear. <laughs> that would be the best way to, like... The, like the most out of left field 2022 a- uh, acquisition. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> I, my body is ready. <laughs> oh my. More people should watch Birdie Wing. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like the uh, like the hype years mm. of Adult Swim Action were like 2004 and a little bit of 2005. Like 2004... Yeah. They get Full Metal Alchemist. They get Ghosts in the Shell standalone complex. And those hit so hard. They do so well. And people are like, oh, these are amazing. And then you follow that into 2005. You get Samurai Champloo. They finally play Ava. They keep going mm-hmm. with Inuyasha. Just. Mm. Those are some very solid years for Dolphin Action. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of my favorite shows came out of that era. Excellent stuff. And then um, it's it's a the it's sad, a great era for the medium too. Like I yes. think it's, it does mirror a lot of what what what's happening in the greater industry for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Not not surprisingly, the bad years are when the bubble had popped. Yeah. Two thousand six. ADV is uh, throwing has a two story booth at Anime Expo and they're throwing DVDs just at people for free and stuff. Two thousand seven. What's ADV? <laughs> Like, maybe they shouldn't have given away so many DVDs. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's more of 2007, 2008, but yeah, no, it's just wild. Oh, uh, gosh. Um, it really did feel, like I said it already, but it really did feel like an apocalyptic event at the time. It was just like, wow, all these anime companies that we've all been relying on, they're all gone. Yeah. Well, um, and even, even before that, like, you know, they were talking about... They would some 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 of the like Funimation had some incredible transparency in some of their industry panels, um, you know, and, and credit where credits due to, to Adam Sheehan and of course uh, Lance uh, Haskell on that because like they were you know willing to be that kind of open about stuff, saying like yeah we're most of the market you know like we've got like twenty something percent you know or or more or whatever. Uh, it's fifteen years ago. I don't remember the details of the panels from that far back. <laughs> I remember there's a pie chart and they had a lot of it and everybody else was fighting over scraps. And you know, knowing that when things collapsed, I'm like, okay, Funimation will stick this out. But at the same time, you're like, will the rest of the industry have stuff for people? Make make things that you know you know what happens to the rest of it, and it's. I mean, there was concern right. about you, Funimation, you, you could, too. Could... They had to buy themselves out. Well, they had they sold themselves to another company, and then they bought themselves back from that company as they wanted to pivot into straight streaming because the, the company that bought them was uh, Navare, and they were home video-oriented. And, like, that was... The, the the wildest thing about that is is that they sold themselves for more than it cost to buy themselves back. So uh, <laughs> Gen Fukunaga may, may actually be the 
single greatest businessman in North American anime distribution ever. Because that is a, that is an all-time god-level finesse on his part. And then was able to cash out again <laughs> the company to Sony. <laughs> like, unbelievable. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't think anybody matches that. No, I don't think so. Though that I mean, piece I mean, of crap Alcon did peace out with a lot of money. That I mean, and you know, you know, special recognition to ADV managing to shirk all its death while renaming, while naming the shell company that That's they're so using good. to avoid this after the section of law they're using to avoid this. <laughs> They named it Section 23 because that's the section of Texas law that allowed them to pull this scam off. And I'm like, you know what? That's golden. Well done. <laughs> that is legendary. <laughs> Still funny to this day. <sighs> but you know what's not funny to this day? Amation. <laughs> uh... Could you imagine? You you could you couldn't have imagined. Well, I mean. All those companies were failing at the time, but you know, once it was clear that Funimation was sticking around, there was like no, no inkling of the thought that, oh yeah, Funimation's not going to be a brand in like twenty years. The idea that anybody would buy them and then that there would be some other brand that's more preferable to have than them—that no, that, I would never have imagined that. Yeah, because they, I mean, they are—they're also like Adult Swim action is also in some ways really key to Funimation's transformation as a company you know four kids had uh, opportunity after opportunity to at least make the kind of money that nelvana made off of card captor sakura by saying we'll do sub only releases for the nerds and they couldn't even they couldn't even take that money off the table never never got never got it through to them never had that interest in listening funimation went to its first anime cons was getting savaged about it and they took that to heart and did things like Blue Gender, which of course then aired on Adult Swim, and they could get further for feedback, and they could run things like Yu Yu Hakusho. And yes, they realized, well, we want to pivot on that, but it also gave them the drive to say, we'll do the edits, we'll spend the money on this, so that we can do home video releases of these different versions. We'll, you know, we'll handle it. We won't make, you know, we won't try and fob that off on on on, car on Cartoon Network. We'll eat that cost. And it changed like how they thought about themselves as a company and it's why they got people like Lance in who really gave a shit about anime and they're giving their resume to Funimation in a Fruits Basket clear file. Where do you even get one of those in Dallas Fort Worth in 2002? <laughs> right? <laughs> this is it you know that is you know I don't think Funimation necessarily would have outlived anybody else had they not thought where we got to give a shit is Toonami and an adult swim action. They would have, they would like, they could have easily just as been rinsed as anyone else, despite having dragon ball because, you know, four kids had the hugest things too, but because they wouldn't treat it with respect and didn't respect the culture. Eventually those licenses got pulled home. Well, Funimation right? still doesn't really respect dragon ball, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's another, that's another thing. But the thing is, is they at least show that they can respect other stuff. That's and true. I built the build those relationships. <laughs> Uh, with companies and uh, to, to make that stuff happen. Um, even when that was hard work, <laughs> mm -hmm. like they, they ran a skeleton crew and you'd have somebody like Lance, you know, hustling stuff at adult, hustling stuff to adult swim, managing full metal alchemist as a brand and doing 20 cons a year, weekend after weekend, after weekend. 
but that's you know it's interesting like i said I, i'm not sure if with you take adult swim action out of that do they do, do a lot of these companies even last to 2006 2007 and probably i not. don't know Oh, I don't absolutely think so. not. I don't, I, I don't I, think so. I remember there being, at the time, a big deal made that airing on Adult Swim Action made a huge difference on the sales of the home video releases. Exactly. So, so that being the case, there's no way anybody did as well as they did without it. I mean, can, can Bandai even think they're going to co-pro Ghost in the Shell standalone complex with Manga Entertainment? Can either of those companies say, like, we've got the money to spend literally double per episode versus the industry standard to make this thing happen and do, you know, sell CG that still is kind of like it still holds up pretty damn well, you know, 20 years later coming up on this. Do they do they have the bankroll for that <laughs> or are they like, I mean, yes, they ultimately both of them misspent on some very questionable stuff. I mean, Bandai, Dando, really? I mean, like, I know I just said I like Birdie Wing as a golf anime, but on the other hand, Dando, no, you can't, you can't do that. You can't, not allowed. But at the same time, it's like, well, as much as they, I mean, can they, can they, do they even have the successes they need beforehand without the, the you know, to like start some of this other stuff that then can derail them? I don't think so. No, I would say even as much or perhaps even more so than Toonami in that time of a period that Adult Swim Action has such a long-lasting mm-hmm. impact and legacy for that generation of viewers and for the industry as a whole. Well, and even people who are clearly were not like, they're like literal children when this stuff mm-hmm. aired, if they were if they were born in the fact that they're still these, you know, I still see like, from like, people who are teens and like, you got to watch paranoia agent. You're like on TikTok, and you're like, fucking really? Wow. This, it really stuck around. It really, it was, you know, yes, it got a re-airing. It's yada, 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 but still the fact that it can, you know, re-airing means it had to air first. Mm -hmm. It meant these companies had to have the money to make something like that. (laughs) And that doesn't happen otherwise. Right. Like, that that impacts it's going to impact like there's going to be an impact in echoing on this from people who will never know that this, that blog existed yeah that's absolutely true because <laughs> it's a, affecting the lives of many people who had no idea that the block existed or at least mix it up with tsunami <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know that's how you know their household was too lax because like Celia knows it was like yeah clearly <laughs> <laughs> I, I always see there was always kind of a clear distinction between a tsunami show and adult swim action show at least for a time they kind of you know kicked back and forth and blended every now and then like honestly certain shows that came to tsunami in 2003 maybe should have been on adult swim <laughs> Maybe a certain show about a samurai that I don't want to talk much about, but yeah, probably should have been on Adult Swim. Probably. <laughs> I mean, that would have been a better place, and it would have kept it from being, you know, it's it's very awkward to have Kenshin on Toonami at the same time as you're running Hamtaro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even if it's even if that was a, oh that was a, that was a fun edit. Um. Oh man. <laughs> 
look, but Hamtaro wasn't wasn't actually on the block at the time. That's what makes it even better. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I remember getting uh confused at the time. I'm just like, I bought these DVDs years ago. Why is this only now showing up? Well, to know. be to be fair, everybody who's like saying, you know, like that that applied to a lot of stuff. That, it like, really did. Guy. It really like, did. I mean, early for, early for tsunami and yeah, mainly early tsunami. They they kind of had the what would amount to a, a a good pick of what had come out in the past several years in the U.S. It was like, okay, that's worth airing. That's worth airing. And then a couple of things that like had never really gotten a chance yet. So they had, they had a few things that were actually pretty new pickups because it's like, okay, this actually hasn't even really hit DVD yet. You know, there were a lot of things where it's all like the DVDs were coming out, you know, not too soon, too far after, before or after the, the tsunami airings with like stuff like outlaw star and, and, and big O, but like, yeah, there's also like, yeah, Tenchi had had like a bazillion home video releases. And even the newest thing that they had of, of that set of things was 98. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, it's yeah, it is. I mean, I guess the they got on thing... the ground floor with Gundam, obviously. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And again, ridiculously influential. Like mm-hmm. it's it's weird to think about. Um, and like right out of the gate, really quickly, it's like Gundam airs on Toonami, and like uh, Lincoln Park is putting Gundams in their music videos and album covers, like right afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, and apparently uh, Adult Swim Aust- no, Cartoon Network Australia ran a Gundam Wing promo using a Linkin Park song. They just yeah, also they just stole some kids AMV. They, they no, clearly, clearly they invented AMVs. We didn't even know about it. That's how influential <laughs> all of this stuff is. Well, I feel like Toonami did invent a certain kind of AMV. Uh, yeah, a certain. A certain tone of AMV, as it were, <laughs> but that—that's tsunami. Uh, yeah. uh, it's as, interesting as that, like, I mean, actually, on. there's a great thing that like Adult Swim Action did like avoid is like they there's certain things that were very tsunami aesthetic stuffs so, like the the videos, and they didn't do that. They did make sure that's like that's an that's a tsunami thing. We're using this to fill time because we've taken seven minutes out of this show. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really need to do that. Yeah. And for a while, they played the real openings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. And that's actually when I came back to Toonami when it relaunched, uh, you know, years later. And I saw that they were using either edited openings or just like, you know, they were had original ones that were using like a BGM track or something. I was really disappointed because that's what got me into a lot of these shows on Adult Swim Action. Like, I think I watched the opening to Standalone Complex just the opening yeah after watching inuyasha for like easily two months <laughs> like i'd watch the opening and then not watch the rest of the show because i was you know 12 13 and i thought it looked scary and too adult for me but you know and it wasn't until i finally watched <laughs> the show that i'm like okay the opening's sick and this is a cool you know it's a yeah. cool cartoon but like it was the openings that drew me in Eureka 7, Samurai Shampoo, Fullmetal Alchemist, like, they all had bops for openings. Absolutely. Like, you know? I know, like, cutting those openings would have literally been, like, a sin. Literally. I mean, it's and it's great, because Adult Swim managed to kind of set that in motion with, like, okay, our first anime is Cowboy Bebop, the show that, you know, you can't... How dare you ever cut or trim the opening to? And I know they eventually did run shortened openings for it, but it's like... 
it is the kind of thing that that pays dividends down the road for like yeah like ghost in the shell like that i remember you know that was one of those shows that like did definitely get fans sub first and people were watching that in college anime club and stuff like that and the opening alone like you could see that people in the room had chills a room of like 20 20 somethings and everybody's silent and just holy shit and when you put something like that mm-hmm. on television it's like what, what other networks like that nothing and again like samurai shampoo like it's music like that is it is like that's the lo-fi so, like that in a weird way probably popularized lo-fi lo-fi type hip-hop which was really sort of a nerdy backpacker kind of subgenre. like i'm sure for a lot of people their gateway into getting into that music and to getting into new jobs and all of fat john and all these amazing artists is that show and music's better for it <laughs> like yeah i agree i mean yeah. i mean i mean Dulcum gets a lot of props for the people they've elevated with music but it's like even that does apply to the anime as well. It's like, I, I don't think I would have gotten a chance to see the pillows live twice without fully cool airing. Like that doesn't, they don't, don't get to imagine. tour America without that. I don't think maybe they, oh. maybe they play a con maybe. Cause like, remember like you, there were, there were, there were, you know, having bands play at conventions is a longstanding thing. And even, um, it's the band does the FMA ready, steady, go. Oh, Larkin Fiel. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like they played, uh, various cons in the U.S., but to like actually be able to do a proper, we're touring like the same kind of rock venues, like actual regular touring acts the states do. Like I saw the Pillows twice at the Crocodile Cafe, one of the most legendary venues in Seattle. You name an important band in Seattle music history, they have played there. Nirvana played there. Pearl Jam played there. Modest Mouse played there. All of these like pivotal acts and the Pillows played there the first time they played there we played on there on a wednesday and i'm sitting kind of hanging in the back i'm talking to one of the one of the guys at the shop he's like i've never seen this place this turned up on a wednesday <laughs> that's and that's adults when built that <laughs> like, i mean you're not wrong it's, it's wild well and again outside of toonami what else was there like it really yeah well everybody tried Everybody yeah. tried, but nobody could really do it. Tsunami I remember, had. I remember. Uh, I remember. I, I remember. MTV got uh, LR, licensed by Royal, off of Genian, and they didn't. They aired it in four three smash. Uh, they condensed the sixty by nine to a smashed four three. Ooh. <laughs> they aired it on like Saturday mornings. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I remember yeah, and, watching anime uh, in several other places at the same time. Like IFC got Basilisk, I believe, because I watched right. that there. That's right. And yeah. then I watched a couple of a, a series on Sci-Fi. Yeah, that's. A, I think Samurai Seven. I may have watched. Was it no? The Funimation channel was Did gone. They get by Hell then. Girl. I think they got Hell Girl. I, I don't remember, but like it was so inconsistent watching it on other channels because really they'd get like one or two shows and then it would kind of go away for a little bit. And then you'd get an anime series that popped up, you know, versus Adult Swim Action, which was consistently you had anime airing every single weekend, you know, or when Mm -hmm. it was still during the week, it was every day during the week, which I think is why it stands out more in people's minds, because unless you went digging on the other channels to find the sporadic airings, you wouldn't know they were there to begin with anyways. Yeah, no, I I think Mm -hmm. I think putting things into blocks with, you know, packaging and programming has always been 
from I mean, I, that goes from the start with Cartoon Network, but certainly from Toonami and Adult Swim onwards, it's like making it distinct and and regular is just so critical versus being like, oh, this happened to exist sometimes. Because it's like, you know, anime had been existed in that format on U.S. television for, you know, 40 years by that point, really. You know, like from from from, you know, Astro Boy onward, it's like, well, maybe it's on Saturday mornings. Maybe it's through a syndicated package. We, yada, yada. Yeah. Well, here's Marine Boy hiding out over here. It's hey, just, look, the sci-fi is in Project Echo and Lo- Record of Lotus War randomly. Yeah. I mean, even Cartoon Network did a bit of that. It's like we ran Robot Carnival once, I guess. <laughs> um, versus saying like, no, it's Saturday nights. If you're uh, even uh, even if you're not going out and doing something and uh, you're not. So go watch this on Adult Swim, you know, go <laughs> go go see this stuff. If you're coming home from school in the afternoons, you know, do you want to study or do you want to watch Goku punch a guy? Do you want to watch Tenchi be really awkward around six women? Yeah, I think that's more fun than studying. Good. Uh, that because you're right. Consistency is everything. Um, that's, that's what, that's, that's why people want something like that back and the, and the extent to which anybody even wants some of these other channels back, it's for the things they were consistent for. People miss tech TV, people miss G4 for the shows they had every day for the people who were consistent on them, not for these things that were like sporadic. Um, you know, nobody's like, man, I really hope Spike TV brings back its animation block. <laughs> <laughs> And there is good stuff on that. Like, like I said, you had, you know, like Afro Samurai on there. Like, that's like, that's some great work. Um, but at the same time, it's a, like, what's it with? I don't know. Uh, Stripperella. Gary the Rat. <laughs> and uh, is it airing consistently? No. <laughs> no, absolutely yeah. not. Like, that's like, that's I mean, that's the other thing is you look at that peak run to just consistently be like, hey, every three months, there's going to be something new on this block and it's fire. Shit. <laughs> yeah and then it <laughs> and at the time uh it might have seemed like a lot and then you you look at tsunami in more recent years and it's like it's such a higher output and yet people were so satisfied with that lower output back then well so compar- satisfied it was it's all comparative it was better mm-hmm. than anything else it was better than nothing it was well, a you know, lot better than nothing kg <laughs> well it's also it's like Cable was a way better deal than buying anime DVDs, and now it's your instant gratification thing is a ten dollar a month Crunchyroll subscription versus like a cable mm-hmm. package that might be very unreasonable. Um, yeah. and you know it's still something where it's all like it's it's funny that like Tsunami, you, you do see that this you know it's done so well in the past ten years having it back, and yet it's not been something they've been able to even as the Adult Swim brand has been able to been ex- be exported to other countries as 24-7 channels, Toonami's still this, like, action's still this big hole uh, in everything, even as they go into originals. It's like, it was wild that Adult Swim Canada got uh, the Blade Runner and, uh, you know, uh, project. And no Foley Coley. No Fena, none of this other stuff. It all just hides out in the void, and I'm like, uh, you know, it's it's un, there's an uncanny valley aspect to it. It's such a noticeable omission when it's not there. Even if you're like, well, it's super cool that I can watch like Loiter Squad at noon, just flipping through channels. <laughs> it's also at the same time, it's like, but why? 
where's Tom? <laughs> or even where's an if you want even if you said like we can't export that, like well where's an adult swim action? Like it feels like even for the international channels, having something like that, having a place for it, um, especially in the international channels where none of this stuff is aired, so they'd have their, you know, pick of the letter as to what to try and to hype up. And so it's a it's a bummer. <laughs> Living abroad, I'm like, man, that's something I miss from the States for sure. <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about like the presentation of Adult Swim. I think initially they had kind of kind of tsunami esque, but as time went on, they they went for more of a minimalist approach, which Here's really focused on the, the lo-fi music and sometimes talking to their audience. Though often when they were talking to their audience, they were not very nice to anime fans. No, they were not. <laughs> But there, there was just a, a certain vibe that they exuded that, again, the Funimation channel tried to wholly rip off. <laughs> it's very interesting to see that stuff echo back into stuff, for sure. Yeah, I was reviewing some of it just to make sure I had my eras right from, like, the time that I started watching until it ended. And, like, the core of what I remember is when they had moved to, like, this, like, graphic pop art poster style that, like... I remember that. ...felt very vintage right? It feels mm -hmm. vintage but it's also got the Japanese text. And I, I really liked that it felt cool, but still weird. So it wasn't like, it would be one of those things where like, if you're like a tastemaker or if you're like one of the cool kids, that's cool because you like stuff that's under the radar, not because you like, you know, quote unquote mainstream cool, you would look at this and be like, this programming is different. And it's something that I remember, like it was actually kind of nostalgic going through the, this compilation video where it was like all the bumps with the music on it. And I think it's really cool that at the core of both Toonami and action, uh, Adult Swim Action Programming, that music has always been at the core of how they package everything and that each, uh, each block has its own sound. Yeah. You know, where uh, Action Saturdays definitely leaned real heavy into the lo-fi, especially m like mid-2000s onward. And like Toonami, from what I remember in the early Toonami, like in the... Drum and bass. Right? Yeah. They did a lot of that. And then even now, like, you know, Toonami post-2012 is also establishing its own sound as well and has this really cool, like, hip-hop sound to it, which feels like it's kind of a continuation and maybe, like, hmm... Maybe inspiration is not the right, or maybe maturation from Adult Swim action and being like, hey, you know, this is this little piece of familiarity from both of these things as we move it's, forward as Tsunami. It's almost like they kind of split the difference. It's like, it's a definitely, I mean, and some of that's also because it's like, you know, one, some of the, some of the people they were ta tapping for music are now, of course, legends, um, you know, in their genre, like the late Jay Dilla provided music to Adult Swim action um i think like danger mouse was doing beats for like adult swim or maybe even mm -hmm. early tsunami like it's like these are these are you know just unbelievably important to music history regardless of being involved with the block um but part of the part of what was helping elevate them was being involved with these blocks um and it's kind of interesting that like that's still continue you like the fact that when they brought tsunami back they they tapped you know uh, they tapped Richie Branson, you know, he did a song and they used it on the, on the thing, you know, to do that tsunami, to, to, to use tsunami's back bitches was, that was a hell of a thing. And that helped, you know, that he, you know, that gets him a tour with MC Chris and stuff like that changes, that changes his life. Um, you know, he's out like, like, the, like, the, you know, that's a little, you know, like 
I'm acquainted with him. We've done a song together uh, a long, a long time back <laughs> about Big O. Um, but to see it's like that's the kind of stuff that like those shifts are, are important uh, to things. And uh, yeah, like the what, what what they did with music, you know, in terms of like how they supported the musicians to me is one of the underrated aspects of adult swim action and, and Tanami still today. Like they make sure a lot of musicians eat. True. True. So there's, there's really, there's, there's no denying the cultural impact. So mm-hmm. when you're thinking back on those fond memories of your youth and thinking of the shows that you saw on the cartoon network, as it mm-hmm. were, you give adult swim action. It's due. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it was its own thing. It was very special, particularly to or at least some generations. And its impact is definitely still felt today. I think, uh, what more is there to say? I think in I a lot of ways, modern <laughs> Toonami is kind of the fusion dance between Dulcim Action and Retro Toonami, and that's what we have mm. now. It's, it's, it is the legacy of both blocks, mm. if you ask me. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I also feel like that it has shaped the way that the modern anime industry is in the U.S., Mm. not just from like in terms of how in terms of how shows are marketed and like the audience, the way they interact with them. But a lot of people who watched Adult Swim Action probably went on to work in entertainment and to work in the anime industry and are bringing their experiences with that with them to their job. You know, so you can feel the influence really all the way through even now just because these are people that are taking that and sharing it with a new generation that has never experienced it before and they're experiencing anime in a completely different way than the people who work in the the industry now did when they were that age well i don't think we'd see all these anime influences and even in original uh content now if it weren't for you know asa sort of making some of that stuff come through it's like are they going to do kind of fully coolly vibe episodes of uh you know even back then it was like so there's some of that that was immediate like uh fully coolly comes out and then teen titans literally like does does an homage to it the original teen titans series i remember that right mm-hmm. that's you know there's that there's that immediate turnaround but then there's the more kind of quiet turnaround so that those kind of echoes turning up in in, in shows like steven universe and certainly it's like i can't i highly doubt anybody who works in animation whether that's in children's stuff or prime time or any of that that had to have been part of their their milieu what they took in and you know even even you you know like these brands that are trying to do you know i think it's pretty telling that like retro crushes bumpers for their uh over the top streaming stuff definitely have big like adult swim action retro crush feels a lot like adult swim action in a good way that's yeah. one of the reasons I love it so much. Yeah, and I think like you know, again, like there, I don't think that network has that vibe without it. Like it's like because it is, it is, it is, it's another way in which it is an homage to an era. But it's not just like it's not just the VHS. You know, like the, there's another way of doing that where you would be picking different music and do so on and so forth, and just the way things would be set up. Yeah, you know, like there's only one way you get to what it does, right? And <laughs> that's through a dulcimer action. Um, is great too because I I think that's you know it's really good that there's those kind of 
is there an audience for the is there enough of an audience for a network like that without adult swim adult swim action uh, or for a service like that for their on-demand stuff it's hard to say because you know even the stuff you're not necessarily consciously imprinting on if you watched gundam on adult swim action and now you know what an osamu dezaki directed anime looks like even if you don't know that like those in in the media nerd way of connecting those dots and be like, I'm going to watch Dear Brother now on Retro Crush. You're, when you watch that, you can be like, oh, that's the same direction I saw in Gundam. And then when you see a show that's doing an homage to that stuff, you understand that at a level of, you've seen it before, like, is wild. <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally get that. Like, and that happened, I remember that happening for me with Eureka 7. Mm. And it was actually happened kind of backwards because it was the first time that I conscious like that I recognized Shoji Kawamori's mechanical design mm. was through that show. And I got in the Macross like probably two, three years later. And then I revisited Erica seven and watched the Nirvash transform. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. That's totally his style. Like it's so blatantly Kawamori. Like it's really cool when you can go back and see how those, how it influences your taste. And then you can connect the dots and look at all the people behind the scenes. And now that's like echoing on echoes when you like there's going to be a kid who watched, um, you know, like something like Teen Titans or uh, Steven Universe first. And then they're going to like in adulthood get into anime and be like, oh, my God, I've been set up the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like been a trap. <laughs> um, you know, it's like going back and like I, I remember because like, you know, it's also getting me the anime. It's like, oh, that Newsle show I watched as a kid was anime. And you go back and watch that and you're like, oh, all of these shows I'm watching now, like crib stuff that it was already cribbing going back even farther. <laughs> just like, wow, there's a whole set of tropes here. I didn't even realize it existed because when you're a kid, you don't have media literacy in that way. You just enjoy shit. Um, <laughs> uh, it's the, best, it's the best way to be. Never become like us, listeners. Uh, <laughs> don't. <laughs> to, to quote Billy Madison, <laughs> you never say that. <laughs> Cherish these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I mean, that's another, like, I mean, thinking in terms of, like, that era of adult some action stuff, and it's like, it, that's all that peak Digicel era, and now you have shows like Megalobox, you know, years later, specifically trying to emulate that visual aesthetic. And like, I don't think anybody bothers trying to emulate a backwards visual aesthetic. If again, there isn't an audience for it and what creates the audience for that, right? It's all connected. Mm -hmm. Ancient aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It had to be done. It I understand. Did. It did have to be done, but I am sorry nonetheless. Well, and I hey. mean, hey, we don't know from when Tom is broadcasting, <laughs> and he's clearly extraterrestrial. Therefore, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, no, no. <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. I'm sorry. I'm just random all over the place now. Yeah, so that Obi-Wan show, right? I actually really like it. I know it's it's the popular thing to hate on it, but I, I like it. I don't know. I see most people liking it. The only people I see hating on right. it are jerks, so. <laughs> All right. I think we could wrap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
I mean, there's obviously great many things that we didn't even really touch on. There, there was some really peculiar things that ran on Adult Swim action, like uh, G.I. Joe Resolute. <laughs> I actually watched it there before I ended up buying it. Good times. And uh, oh, what was... Uh, Ka- I was Kaku, sad we Ren- Kaku Renbo? Oh, Is that God. the name? Yep. Kaku yep. Renbo, Renbo. Hide and Seek. I was a little sad we didn't oh, quite get the into uh, Witch Hunter Robin, but I don't have much to say about it other than Witch Hunter Robin's fun. And you can watch it again on uh, Funimation slash Crunchyroll. <laughs> or you can be me and have the old Bandai DVD. Oh, the old yeah, Bandai I, I think Before I think they my, went I think... away, I bought, like, chain bought a ton of their stuff that aired on Adult Swim because I'm like, I don't want to not be able to watch these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. For all those who experienced it, I feel like it was a special time. It was. It was a good era. It was a good era. I made a lot. I mean, like I made a lot of friends and connections because of you know, Toonami. Then you know, Adult Swim action being able to kind of pick up the slack where Toonami started to like fall off of me, and then that just getting me into the wider set of stuff. Like, shoot, anybody who I still talk to from back then that I talk to today, that's probably through anime or music, one or the other. Um, and even those started to, to blend uh, thanks to, you know, sort of some of the blueprint that Adult Swim Action uh, put out there. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? You, what, 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 you're like, what do you have to be like, oh, yeah, well, how to, oh, how to, how to meet my wife? It's like, well, you know, she was dressed in, a, in, a, in like an anime schoolgirl outfit and I wasn't no. sure what show it was from. So I had to ask. <laughs> and then, you know, shoot, here I am. Right. That's, you know, like, I'm, I'm sure that's not an unusual story. And, like, that stuff starts, you know, there, there's a lot of people's roots who's a huge piece of their identity, whether they're even still into it. It's all like, yeah, but if you hadn't had that period, what else would you have been doing? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah. you know, catching it at the time that I did, I, you know, came out of it with a lifelong passion. You know, I've been an anime fan since I was 11 and I just turned 30. And Adult Swim Action really, like, cemented that for me. Yeah, I was an anime fan starting around 13, and I'm about to be 41 in the end of this month. Help. Um, it, it really does stick with you. Well, I guess uh, that's a podcast. So I want to I wanna thank Carl and Celia for joining us. I feel like you were excellent choices to have on this particular <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry if I was a little over verbose. <laughs> no, man, you had a lot of good stuff to say. I, my plan was I was just gonna let you talk, and if there was anything that I thought you should have brought up, then I was gonna take care of it. How dare you? <laughs> but I didn't really have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me talk. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but if you have thoughts on the Adult Swim action and its legacy, you can email us at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. I'm I wrong, everybody. I'll, I'll, I, will look, <laughs> I will look through the emails, and hopefully if I, I find your commentary, we will bring it up in a future podcast. You can follow us on facebook.com backslash tsunamifaithfulpodcast and on Twitter at tsunamipodcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, and Amazon. And you can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com backslash 
Toonami Faithful Podcast. And get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on ToonamiFaithful.com. So, Carl, tell the folks where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Carl R. Olson. Uh, where I'll tweet similarly to the way I speak in this podcast. Uh, you can also find my music at ultraclassrun.com and on every major streaming service. Thanks, DistroKid, for that. And uh, that's pretty much all you need. <laughs> and you all should listen to his music. It's good stuff. It's very, like, I mean, Toonami, that was hit me at the right time because I was already into, like, and I was already into drum and bass and I'm like, here's a show, here's a block with drum and bass in it. And adult swim didn't let me down on that either. So, you know, there you go. Mm-hmm. And you can also hear some of his music on, uh, Chad Bonin's new, uh, Toonami, the, the book of Toonami <laughs> in the, uh, he's put out his Thundercats retrospective on his YouTube channel. Uh, it'll get through every show eventually. Sundokuzo. It's not like, ooh, Ninja Kamui coming 30 years from now in the book of Toonami. I hope you get there. I hope you get there. I'll have to keep making music to make sure that we have, he has fresh, <laughs> fresh beats for the podcast. <laughs> did he Did he pull some uh, existing tracks, or did you did you make some? He's, 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 he's all playing existing stuff. I mean, I've got, like, literally hundreds of instrumental tracks. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do for now but as you know there are more than a hundred shows that have aired on Toonami I, I said several hundred <laughs> <laughs> well there should be fine then <laughs> and Celia where can folks find you you can find me on Twitter at Planet Swinkle and on Facebook at Celia Rose Cosplay and occasionally on the YouTube show Pop to Culture which is youtube.com slash macrossfancentral. And Laser, tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LaserKidPrime. You can find my uh, Toonami-focused uh, writing on Toonami Faithful, of course. And you can find me on the myriad of podcasts at Vlord's Helms, most notably the Demon Slayer podcast and the Dumb Waves podcast. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And that will do it for this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation about Adult Swim action and maybe stirred up some memories. I mean, you could pop over to YouTube and watch some of those videos. It's it's yeah. a good time. You should, watch you should those trailers. Heck yeah. Watch those promos, baby. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So thank you for listening uh, each and every week. And until next time, we're punching out. Get those eyes open. Put your head to that and get ready to get down. Get down!